you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 121. We are back at home tonight, ready to talk about the big wins for Michigan State in Michigan. Uh, with the NFL kicking off this week, we're going to preview the Detroit Lions season, play the schedule game, and name some of the players that we're going to keep an extra close eye on. Um, and what I'm looking, I want to call this a season of development. I think that's kind of, we'll get into our perspective on, on the season and stuff like that, but that's, that's what I'm going to roll with for now. Um, during our Betting Heroes segment, we're going to make some picks against the spread, and of course we will grade our Michigan beer from Sicilianos Market. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know and be part of the conversation in the comments. Uh, just really appreciate that type of feedback, and we want to know what, what you guys think um, we're right and wrong about. And if there's a guy named Kenneth Walker um, we're not, that's right? being not talked about early on instead of you guys <laughs> letting me just kind of move on and on and on, maybe a comment will... We'll yeah. come in and correct me sooner. See, that's the key. Earlier, Early is good. Exactly. Early detection. Uh, before we better. jump in, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. Dobbs Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Siciliano's Market helps us pick out our Michigan beer for each and every episode. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. And Betting Hero helps us and you get the best promos available for the sports betting world, which, I mean, NFL's kicking off. So hopefully everybody had a good week in their, in their sporting uh, sports betting this week because I'm glad I didn't throw any money down because I was 0 for 5 in our picks. Were so you really? I was 0 for 5. Oh my gosh. Um, Kyle went 5 and 0, but we'll get into all that a little bit later. Wow. I'm Sam Waltart. We got Ryan Waltart, Hello. Micah Smith, John Dornboss working behind the scenes. Always appreciate that. Um, I mean, really, I didn't know where else to kind of start other than kind of more of the national side of, of college football. There was. That was probably one of the best week ones. Can, yeah, can we just like, appreciate that we're here? We've made it. <laughs> yeah, like that was that was week one. We're in it. Like this, what we're going to be talking about today is all of our all of our sports teams are included in this. Yeah, I mean or our football teams. Our football teams. So we've got both college football teams. We're talking about. We've got uh, Western the, Michigan. We're obviously going to be yeah. talking about a little bit, but Lions. the Lions preview. Like yeah. we have made it. it it's it's football it's, season. This and is this, like the busiest time of year for us. It's such a relief for me too because it's like. You know, during the the summer and stuff, I have a hard time coming up with topics. Yeah, but, you're like, guys, like, why aren't you? I helping saw that me? it was like National Beer Appreciation Day. I was like, yeah, good. I'm not even going to talk about that. You know, <laughs> like I didn't even have to try to create a segment using using the National Calendar Day. Just did or National What Day or whatever it is. But um, I mean, I don't know. There there was just so many good games. Great week ones. Um, some really big top twenty five matchups that that were at least intriguing to watch. Some of them kind of were a letdown. I thought bad but, games. Yeah. I mean, still. You got some big names. I think the one that stuck out to me was Clemson, Georgia. Yeah. I mean, that was. Did you watch was that? Was that three versus five? Is that what it was? Yeah, three versus I five. I did. And I tell you what, Georgia's defense. Oh, is man. They fly. Unbelievable. Yeah. That is the only thing that could contend with, with what Alabama's putting on the field. Did period. You, end of story. Did you see the rushing yards at the end? 
I didn't know. What was it? One rushing yard for Clemson in the first half and one rushing yard for Clemson in the second half. Holy smokes. That's insane. They're so fast. They, so the, the whole game, zero touchdowns, or, or zero offensive touchdowns. There was two field Correct. goals, one for each team, yep. and then a defensive touchdown. The pick six that Georgia had <laughs> off of, like, because what was it, a muffed punt that Clemson got the ball, I think, uh, inside the 30 or something, and then the second play or something from scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's yeah. defense was, was awesome, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they really they played point. great, but is that more of uh, Georgia's – offense not being good because that's that's been what they've been doing for for a few years now yeah it's hard to say i mean i don't trust the the quarterback who, who's their quarterback is it cohen is that who it is who the no, George, no he's at, he's at georgia uh, jt daniels JT yeah. Daniels. yeah cohen's with notre dame right yeah um but yeah jt daniels isn't and clemson's I, yeah. young quarterback he he yeah. just held on to the ball too but long. i'm not I, even gonna, just, i'm I, not even gonna try to say his name. i don't even know how to Ugarige say it. or something yes that's it. Ugalale. Ugalale. yeah something like that I think I nailed it the first time, but oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But I thought that was a good game. There, there was some more that I, I kind of. Oh, LSU went down to UCLA. Yeah, it was big. That was a big, and they get, they kind of got embarrassed. In Zach a lot Charbonnet. Of ways. Charbonnet had another big game. He's like their number two running back, but he just keeps just scoring. Keeps, keeps He's on number going. two. I think so. He got like six carries the first game with three touchdowns, and then this last game he got out carried by four or five. Was it really? Starter. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Did you, were, were there any games that you guys got to sit and watch that stood out to you? Obviously, other than. The Michigan, Michigan State games. Um, the the story for me on the weekend was Mackenzie Millen. Mm-hmm. How cool! So Florida State, Florida State against Notre Dame. What, dude? That was a the really end of that game, game was a rager. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm I'm glad I was not a Notre Dame fan. I would have been sweating bullets. Yeah, I saw a Notre Dame fan at the at Meyer the following day, and I'm like, uh, "You you doing all right since yesterday?" <laughs> he survived? goes, he goes. Yeah, man, it just looked just dazed. Just looked beat, but, right? Just yeah, <laughs> emotionally. But, but Mackenzie Millen, a guy who almost lost his leg over an injury, it's pretty cool. Man, he he came out gunning when he had to fill in for I, I don't know his name. Yeah, I'm not sure. His, his his helmet came off. He was only supposed to be in there for one play, and he just kind of lit the lit the game on fire yeah, and it, just. It makes me wonder, like, why they didn't start Millen to begin with? Because they the second that they had a chance to to switch them they just rolled with it and it's like i don't know it was just kind of just a, a weird coaching decision i yeah. guess in my in my opinion I, like i don't know florida state's roster up and down i'm not going to pretend that i do but it's like it's kind of obvious who, who the better thrower is at least i know the florida state guy's kind of a dual threat but i, don't, I can't think of his name either that's all the background stuff you don't you don't see like if one guy's uh, a quote-unquote leader or they work really hard in the in the background in the locker room they Trust of the players, like uh, I don't know. Yeah. Coach coaches always make wrong choices for, for all kinds of reasons. Not in this state, they always make the right choice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as evidenced by by records recently. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another one that I thought was interesting. So, like for me, I was really excited to watch um, UNC against Virginia Tech because oh, obviously, yeah. that, like, oh, I'm the, so sorry. Uh, what's his name? Um, the quarterback. Howell. Sam Howell. Sam Howell is, is like a guy that some people are talking about to be the next Lions could, quarterback. Could go to the Lions next Yeah. Game. So I'm like, all right, I'm really excited to watch this game, and it was a, a letdown. He he looked not good. He looked rusty, I guess, to say the least, but he has Bad nothing decisions. to work with. Yeah, but he, has, he also has nothing. I, I didn't think. He, he just did too much of what he's really good at, actually, is just like running around in the backfield and, and taking way too long mm-hmm. to make a decision. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, see, you saw like Baker Mayfield just thrive on that at Oklahoma and 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 actually, what the Oklahoma is another one that we could talk about too. Yeah, that, no, that game I didn't was get a, I didn't get to watch that one. Oh, you didn't? Um, no, 
Um, but it, it was a, it ended up being a pretty close game, right? Yeah, Oklahoma barely squeaked it out. And, and was it two? And lane? Rattler, Temporary? Spencer Rattler, was like throwing throw two picks, I think one touchdown. Yeah, I mean he he was all over the place was that, too. Was that against Tulane? Is that right? Yeah. Tulane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another QB yeah, that Detroit might look at, right? Right. Exactly. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Between those two guys, are really the top two prospects this year for quarterbacks coming out. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the way I'm going to watch a lot of these these football games is is who the Lions could could be mocked to. You I know, know what and, I mean? then, like, and then and it, then Oregon, their their yeah. uh, defensive lineman Kevin Thibodeau. Yeah, Thibodeau got He's hurt out for the year. I think right. I think isn't that what is they he? said? I, I didn't he, I didn't hear I season ender, but I just Oof. heard he was hurt. No, I think it was just a sprain. Was it? Yeah, they were. I was expecting. hoping he could cause some havoc this week at OSU, but oh well, I guess we'll. Hopefully, <laughs> he won't this week. So day to um, day, they say ankle sprain. Anyways, let's get. So he's not. He's not the. Not, not out yeah, really he like could I be. Thought, he but. could be back. Yeah. <laughs> um. The AP top twenty-five came out. I don't want to get too much into it because obviously it's so early. I didn't get a chance to dissect it either. But Michigan and Michigan State are still out of the top twenty-five. I thought that was interesting. Good. I thought Michigan could have snuck in, um, especially with teams like Washington and a couple others falling out. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. No. I'm not worried no. about it. Um. LSU fell all the way out of the top twenty-five. Um. Rightfully so, in my opinion. But um. It, it's a long way to fall. What it were is. they, 13, 14? I think so, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly, but it was somewhere in there. So We do have a couple of com- er, comments so far. Uh, Colin said, classic Big Ten game between Penn State and Wisconsin. Yeah, It was one. comical, but Penn State looks real nice. That That's actually really good. I forgot about that game. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. I, I From what I saw, I didn't think either team looked that great. Well, I no, think it was class, a, a classic game. Big Ten game. Kind of I think yeah, he kind of he kind of nails it right on the head there with that. Well, I think that was kind of the point. Yeah, you know? no, I, it took me a second to get there. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sisley Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sisley Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Alrighty, so I am drinking today. I forgot what we were even doing. I'm drinking from New Holland Brewing Company, Coastal Dreams 2021. It is the milkshake IPA with pineapple and marshmallow fluff. Mike, you actually drank this one, I think, two weeks ago. I and did. And so far, I think this is really good. So it's just a, it's kind of a limited additional edition one, it looks like. Um, but, man, this is really good. So they said, um, oh, man, this is the one that you had a hard time reading because the front was so small. Now i got to try to do it. Um, it's a pineapple pillow fight for your taste buds. Um, it showcases milk, sugar, and marshmallow fluff for a variety of smooth texture while whirlpool and dry hop additions. Wow. I yes, see what go you're on. About. <laughs> of a Waiting. bunch of stuff. What is that word? Salutula? Salutua? The? The. Te- <laughs> te- and, 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 oh, all right. Uh, and El Dorado uh, results in a tropical hop cut. Euphoria. I, I thought it was a C. So, 
Anyways, it's good so far. Crushed it's good. it. It's good. Uh, well done. But we did have a comment. Uh, Bob, Karen, are they're drinking uh, from Big Lake uh, Limelight, which I actually got to take one of those home. Love those beers. Yeah, that's a really nice light drinking beer. It really is. So like thank every, you for like lo- everything they have. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. What are you drinking, Ryan? I am drinking blueberry maple stout from Saugatuck Brewing Company. Six point zero percent. Uh, this this uh, little little description: a rich, sweet stout with classic malt characteristics, with a bold, unique twist. This beer tastes like you can cram a fat stack of blueberry pancakes into a pint glass <laughs> and smother it with maple syrup. Channel your inner lumberjack just because, uh, and you're in for a real treat. So, uh, yeah, you're a big I, maple syrup guy. Oh, I'm a huge maple syrup. You guy. made us some. Uh, what are they, what are they, uh, yeah, old fashioned? Old fashions. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? They, I thought they were excellent. So yeah, but you put maple syrup in instead of simple syrup. Yeah, maple syrup just is better for you. It's not just water mixed with the the processed sugar and everything. It's it's actually real and and it goes in my mind. It goes really well with the the orange bitters. Okay, and so that's that's the bitters that I went with there. Uh, also, could have gone with aromatic. Both are really good. But anyways, yeah, those are good. It turned out nice. Yeah, for this, sure. This beer is really good so far too. I can taste the sweetness. Um, I'm not a huge stout guy, but I, this this really balances it out really nicely. It's easy to drink. Yeah, no, it's good. John, I haven't even talked to you yet. Are, are, is your mic working? I just want to make sure. I am alive. You are alive. How, how was man. your weekend? Good. It was good. It was busy. You said you played in some tournaments, right? Some yeah. Softball tournaments. Well, I, yeah, I played in an 18 hole four man scramble on. Friday with friend of the show Trav Nickel and his dad Frank and How'd his you guys do? brother-in-law. I think we shot 11 or 12 under, um, but there were some other good teams out there. We just missed some putts, but it was all in all a good time. And then kind of had to switch gears to play some softball this weekend, a little wood bat tournament, and then a 35 and older awesome. up tournament. Man, the wood bat sounds interesting. I don't think I could do it, but... It was a good time. It was just uh, a lot of beverages out in the sun and was able to catch up on a little bit of football here and there between games, but pretty much played throughout the day from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. on Saturday and then 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. on Sunday. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. You guys guys must have done really well if you played that many games. Uh, Yeah. I mean, in the 35 and up team, we advanced into the semifinals, so that gave us, uh, well, two games on Sunday. Um, but then in the wood bat, we lost our two out of our three right away, and that was kind of done. Two loss elimination, so. Got it. Then Carrie uh, commented, and she said she's drinking from Roke Brewing Company, uh, the Rosé Kettle Sour. Ooh. Sounds good. That one sounds really good. I don't know if I need to grade this beer, but from but you last. Should, yeah, from, you should still tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, about. from last week's show, um, was able to come home with some of these cotton candy haze IPAs from Big Lake Brewing. So good. And a hat that I wore all weekend. It's all sweated out now, <laughs> so it's uh, partly destroyed, but had some questions from uh, other avid craft brewery enthusiasts throughout oh, the weekend. Did, but he get, so did, he, did he drop the, the, the podcast to him? Did he I did. Him, yeah, uh, one, the one more than Ryan's ever done for the podcast. Yeah, like, like twice as much. Getting listeners and yeah. stuff. Yeah, Love the, it. The one feller, was, <laughs> he was into NASCAR. I, don't, I didn't say, yeah, we cover that every week, but maybe we got to start <laughs> doing that to hit that niche market. Yeah, I think um, we just did. Perfect, NASCAR. There was a race we this just said it on Sunday. But so far, uh, the cotton candy, <laughs> yeah, the cotton candy is, uh, is tasteable on this IPA. It's pretty smooth. Nice. Micah, what are you drinking? Uh, from Eastern Market Brewing Company, their Market Day IPA. Uh, this is a limited edition, and it's actually brewed in collaboration with 
uh, Ferndale Project in Ferndale, Michigan. I don't know what Ferndale Project is. Um, but it's a uh, session New England style India Pale Ale. It's got Citra, Simcoe, and El Dorado hops. Uh, their malts are the uh, the two row oats and wheat, and a lot of pineapple, and it's a four point nine percent or so. It drinks really easy. Also, before you hit that button, if we're looking for NASCAR fans, I think they all like motorcycle racing, like dirt bikes and motocross, supercross. I'm your guy. Just letting you know. I should have hit the button before you said that. Okay. <laughs> From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Michigan State had a big game against Northwestern. They ran all over them. Run, uh, run, 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 run. In a 38-21 victory with 326 team rushing yards and over 500 yards total. Uh, Peyton Thorne uh, got the start at quarterback. He went 15 to 25 for 185 yards, a touchdown, and only one sack against. Uh, the story was something called Kenneth Walker III. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Might be um, a transfer. <laughs> but he, you see that transfer guy? He is a transfer guy that uh, pretty good, didn't a couple he? guys on this podcast knew about. They knew about heading in. We do have a, another straggler coming in, uh, Bob Karen. So there's two people there. They're drinking from Arvon Brewing Company. Uh, their orange push, great Ooh. choice there. You gotta love the sours. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, 264 yards on 23 carries, which included a 75-yard rushing touchdown on the very first play, um, an additional three touchdowns. I mean, he just absolutely dominated. So, um, so four total touchdowns, 264 yards. I just have to repeat that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I thought the defense is still a little bit of work in progress. Oh wait, hold um, on, hold on. I just want that to sink in. I think. He doubled his career high leading into this, and he was yeah. he was on the watch list for a what, breakout. Well, for the for the running back of the year award, yeah. Yeah. Another funny thing is is Michigan State had zero rushing touchdowns from I think zero rushing touchdowns last year. Maybe that was just from running running backs, but they wow. had four of them alone by by Kenneth Walker. Um, the defense was was uh, not, it's hard to to really put a pinpoint on what they were. Um, but the way the offense looked uh, against him, maybe down but respected. I think Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern uh, defense, I, I, it was very eye-opening to me the way that the Spartans looked. And I think um, here in the state of Michigan, people should be really excited about that because it, it, they might not be you know, contenders, but, man, they're, they're not going to roll over in the season. And I think we underestimated them heading in, not all of us, but like just as a, as a group – we're a little iffy on what we were going to see from them, and it was very impressive. I, th- I think if you take last year into account and the new coaching staff and just a lot of the unknowns that, that we couldn't have known unless you're like just an avid fan and you're, mm. you're following this. But even those guys, a lot of that's wishful thinking. They added, what, like 20-something transfers? I mean, you just don't exactly know what you're going to get out of these guys. But I, what I thought overall is these transfers looked like difference makers. And I'm talking on defense too. And so, you know – you you kind of question the defense before we get all over the offense. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's jump into the defense because okay. I think it is an important part of what they what they did and what they pulled off. Because Northwestern, although they're not a high powered offense, and they had some different things they had to work out. Obviously, very clearly, um, they, there were some missed opportunities there. But what Michigan State did, I thought, is they had really good. Uh, athletes running around the field, and it looked like they have some difference makers. And every single year we see that out of Michigan State. They have some really key guys on defense that are their leaders and difference makers. 
And I, I think it's no different this year. I thought Xavier Henderson was awesome. I thought he was all over the field. He was the true leader, the guy that's coming back and, and maybe is, the anchor the of this safety? defense. Cornerback. Oh, he's I'm, a corner. Okay. Oh, he's a safety, but he but he lines up in the in the nickel quite a bit. Okay. So, um, uh, Quiv- Quiverius, Quiverius Couch, Quiverius Couch, Quiverius. What is it? Quiverius Crouch. Crouch. There you go. I could. I just tongue got tongue tied right there. I still am. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's number six linebacker. He looks he looks so athletic, and he's actually not as big as I thought. Like I've seen some tape. Uh, in the in the Michigan Green, he actually looks more like a big, strong safety rather than a linebacker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Two hundred and thirty pounds. So. Yeah, two hundred thirty pounds. So yeah. yeah, but not like he's a kind of a tall, athletic, two hundred thirty pounds. He's not just like a short, stocky guy running around the field. So I actually think that plays really well into what they want to do: cover a lot of ground. So we got so, a comment. Sorry, go ahead. Go for it. Was that you? Who said that? Yeah. Was that you? Yeah, I was, was going to read the same Oh, go comment. for it. No, go for it. Uh, Colin, uh, he said, MSU looked more prepared and showed a level of physicality I haven't seen in a while. Transfers were being overlooked, and he thinks that he'll put some teams on upset alert this season. No, I, I completely oh, agree. So, absolutely. Yep. One word that I heard today was competent, and I thought that was a little offensive in a lot of ways, but it made sense. Cohesive? It, and what do you mean? Like, they they – have a vision, and they were actually sticking to it. It wasn't a bunch of rogue players just playing football. They were competent of what the vision was and what the scheme was. And what Mel Tucker and his staff wanted, they stuck to it, and they delivered to it. So I, I don't know if competent was the right word, but it was – it sounded good in the moment. Competent's the perfect word if you're comparing to last year. Yeah. Because well, even the year before, I think, under yeah. D'Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And, that, yeah, and that's a big difference. It really is. I think they're – I don't want to underplay or undersell, I guess, how how big of a game this is. This is a Big Ten matchup yeah. against a foe. You know, Northwestern on won, won last year their, their division. Yeah. Yep. So this is a big game for them. Game one on the road, like everything is against them with all the transfers and all and, – and Callen said it best. They, they looked prepared, and mm-hmm. that was a great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I, I think defensively there were still some, some – Nothing that they're gonna. They're not gonna walk in and dominate a football game. I'm. I'm a little worried about Ronald Williams and his role long term in this defense. Cornerback. Uh, okay. He looked slower than some of the wide receivers. Now he was against their some of their best athletes, but he got beat. He got just run right by two or three different times. Yeah, I just thought there was a there was a couple times that their defense. It, it almost looked like Northwestern shot themselves in the foot more than. Um, Michigan State stopped them. They went for it pretty early in the game on fourth down. That that's a I mean, yeah, they made the stop. Give them all the credit in the world, but those are the type of decisions that like can change the feel of a game. If there were three more points, what, what is the feel any different? You know what I mean? There was uh I think it was the first drive. Was there a, a turnover or something? Well, there's a missed field goal. A missed field goal. That was that's another one. Yeah. So in wide the, right in, by I think a mile. Yeah, something two, like that. Two miles. Yeah. Two. yeah. So Nine like those close. are those are little things that are are defensive wins, but at the same time you can't rely on that. You can't depend on that. Uh, and, what, and with 21 points scored, if if those six points are on the board, it it's a different feel. Still don't want to like underestimate. But that, that's a, my biggest concern, what's left of what we've seen in game one. The, the best part about it, though, is those are defensive wins like what you're saying, but it's also week one. 
So they're building confidence as they go. They're they're now buying in more and more to what the coaching staff wanted them to do. I think it's going to pay dividends later on in the season. These these wins early on in game one, I think it's going to pay off in week five, six, and seven. Yeah, and and another listener said that MSU looked ready, agreeing with Colin, and it it does give fans hope. Yeah, I think 100%. legitimate hope. And yeah. I think that's that's really important. I think the offensive side of the ball. We'll j- jump over to that side. Yeah, let's do I it. mean you got to start with Kenneth Walker the third, right? What a game. Um, two sixty four. Um, four touchdowns. I mean, just incredible numbers. And th- that is a type of player that you have to game plan against. And Michigan State has not oh, had yeah. that in who knows how long. That's really important, I think, to this offense because let- let's say you go into Youngstown State here and-, and you do the same thing. You run all over them. You pound the ball. You're going into that Miami matchup, people not understanding the weapons that you have at wide receiver. They you- they didn't. Nobody stood out at wide receiver. But we all know that they're good, and we all know the way that Peyton Thorne—I don't want to get into too quick—the way he controlled that offense. If he can, if they can get people to start focusing on that running game, like they have to do now with Kenneth Walker, look out because they have weapons on the outside and a competent running back or quarterback that can make those throws and make the right play. Um, I think. But what? What are you gonna say? Give kudos to the offensive line. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have a guy that runs like that. Yeah. That's a really good point, now, too. Now, listen, that, that's that's not a, a knock against Walker, but the offensive line played a big part. They they played well all game long. It, it wasn't it wasn't even merely questionable, in my opinion. I, yeah. I think hats off to the coaching staff. They they fed the beast, and they just kept going. They were consistent mm-hmm. with it. They, they said, this is your team. This is your role. We want you to dominate. This is your game, they, right? Yes. Like, we they found set the, the tone early. Yeah. And they they kept going. He had twenty three carries when the next closest running back had five. It's a big. That's a big difference. Yeah, that that's just getting giving him a rest. That's mm-hmm. all that is. And so I, I hats off to coaching staff again. They they kept going. And then yes, offensive line. But I think Kenneth Walker looks different. Like when he was running, doesn't he just look athletic? Doesn't he, he looks. Doesn't he like look he like he's playing in the SEC? He does. He does. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looks like, like he he's looking look for the seventy five yard run jersey or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. He looks like he's looking for the big one. Yeah. Anytime he can get it, and yep. and, it, and it, he can break tackles. Um, he can go around people. He just looks dynamic. Yeah. So, what would you think about Peyton Thorne? He got the the nod. He didn't have to do a whole lot. I thought he looked poised, and I thought he ran the offense and he made the right decisions. Ryan, what what did the eye test tell you with him? I I loved the fact. So last week preparing for this this week we talked about the quarterback battle there was the transfer coming in who with more experience so i didn't really like his throwing motion or anything like that but Peyton Thorne is the younger guy that that maybe it'd be good to give him some time to get familiar with the offense build trust confidence with his teammates and all that and the fact that he got the start over the transfer with experience means that the coaching staff saw what they needed to see in practice in the scrimmages to have that confidence. He had already taken over the team. It was his team, yep. and that's exactly the way it looked on the field. I thought his decision-making was great, and he shined when he got out of the pocket, and then he could make decisions down the field, and that's what and that's what we talked about his strength was. But what I was impressed with was the early decision-making leading up to those events. You know, third and five, third and seven, when you need to make something happen, he was at his best. Mm-hmm. He's he's going around the outside of the pocket, looking for something downfield, and, and then he's a dual threat run t- 
type quarterback as well. And he's got legs. He does, man. He's, he's got legs. I was surprised when I, when I saw him moving around. Like I, I don't remember seeing that last year as much, and I was, yeah, very impressed. Yeah, and, and I just think his arm, remember we talked about his arm being alive, like lively, and, and the throwing motion is smooth, and it's a, it doesn't get stuck anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that he just showed that off. Yeah. I thought he threw across his body, threw uh, the same direction he was, he was running. He threw the nice easy with touch over the middle. He threw the deep ball really well. Like I, I just thought when he needed those throws, he he. What was the safety net? Jaden Reed, right? Mm-hmm. You go to this guy that he threw to in high school, yep. and and J- Jaden Reed won a couple of those up top, just like we said he would. And I think he's in a he's in his comfort zone. He looked great. Peyton yeah. Thorne's efficient. Yeah. No, I think that, I think. He, and I don't mean this in a bad way. He managed that game so well. When he didn't really need to because you can rely on the running back, but he, he – game manager I know makes people kind of roll their eyes. He's a very good game manager. From what we saw in, in week one. He didn't need to do anything else. He didn't else. need to do anything else. Right. And he was okay with that. He didn't force it. But what he did was he, he just won all that confidence from his teammates. And now they just beat Northwestern when they shouldn't have on the road. And now his teammates look to him and say, hey, we got a quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. we got a running back and yep. a quarterback. Yep. Watch out. One quick thing, and I'm sorry I forgot to do this. Micah, happy 38th birthday, man. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm so happy for you. I'm looking for the clapping, but I don't know what that is. But wow. I mean, 38. 38. Oh, yeah. Everybody's 38. very proud of you for turning that. How yeah. old are you actually, though? 34. 34. Almost 38. Hey, congratulations for being 34. I am so happy to be moving out yeah. from 33. That's one of the worst numbers. That was just me. Like, why did you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 33. That's my number. That's my next birthday. 33 was a great year in my life. <laughs> yeah, it really no, was. That's good. No, happy birthday to you, Micah. Thanks. Sorry yeah, I didn't birthday. say that during the intro. I no, should have. Man, I feel I'm awful. Did you, bring cake? did you bring cake for us? Surprises. I did. You did? Surprise, there's I no did. candles in these beers. I love cake. We should have <laughs> got candles. I think we can change that, John. Yeah, let's get this thing going. If only there was like an app where it would tell me people's birthdays so I would never forget. <laughs> <laughs> It's also your sister-in-law's birthday. You guys have the same birthday. It which is. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were we good with Michigan State? I mean, what were your overall thoughts of Michigan State? Then we can move on, Ryan. Man, I feel like I summed it up pretty well already. Um, I think they, they what the average is like ten yards per play, just over. When you, if you take out the incomplete passes. Yeah. So your quarterback's throwing for twelve yards a game. Your rushing game's getting you ten y- rushes a game. I know he had one for seventy-five. That kind of distorts the balance a little bit. But that tells you that they're ready to move the ball up and down the field and look out. I think I think with their defense, if their defense has confidence in their offense, it's going to make them better. And so I think their defense is ready to take a step forward as well with those playmakers that we were talking about. And their offense at all levels, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, to me, were so underrated in that game. They played great football. I, thought, I think they're ready to take the game over when they need it down the line. And I, I just think they're, they're a well-balanced team right now. And I don't think it's too early to jump on the bandwagon because I think uh, beating Northwestern is that important. I do too. And I, I we'll see how, what Northwestern ends up being. You know, it, it could be a down year for them, but I don't want to uh, – you can't overlook this win. It, they would, did everything they needed to do on the road, Big Ten. 38 points against one, a Big Ten defense. Very, very important. Very well done. Drinking craft beer, having fun. And talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports.
Michigan beat Western Michigan 47-14, which included 40 straight points after a 7-7 start to the game. Uh, like MSU, Michigan ran all over their opponent with 335 yards on the ground, led by Corum. Uh, they also had 216 yards through the air uh, for a total of 551 yards. Uh, big plays really helped the offense with 76-yard touchdown, Cade to Bell, uh, 74-yard end around by Henning, uh, 30-yard run by Corum, and a 69-yard touchdown from J.J. to Baldwin. Uh, the defense caused some havoc in the sweet. backfield, which was cool, um, but the numbers really didn't stand out to kind of get too excited by any particular player. Um, I wanted to kind of start with Cade. Uh we were just talking about Thorne and how he managed the game pretty well. I think that kind of fits Cade's mold. He did a little less. So he was 9 of 11, 136 yards. He did get the zero touchdowns, um, but zero zero turnovers, which is important. Um, and just he, he, looked in, he looked in control of this offense. He looked like the leader from snap one until they handed the reins over to J.J. Would you say zero touchdowns? Uh, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, yeah. Two touchdowns. Um, I, what, what did you think of him? What did you guys think of Cade? Micah, later. Your mic's off. Mic's off. Noob. I'll I'll take it every so. <laughs> time. Every time. Such a rookie mistake. Uh, no leadership. Leadership yeah. through and through. Um, you, you you don't see. You don't see rookie mistakes. You don't see very um, immature things happening on the field and off the field like we did with prior quarterbacks. Um, and and the, and the play was solid. Uh, again, like Peyton Thorne, I thought Cade was efficient. He was solid. He was uh, very composed in the pocket, um, threw well, made good decisions. Um, yeah, that's my opinion on him. It reminded me a lot of Michael Scott, the keep it simple, stupid. Isn't that, wasn't that his his saying or something like that? Yeah. I think it was Michael Scott from The Office. And that's exactly what I think he did. I think that's exactly what Cade did and – that's rare for a Michigan quarterback. We haven't seen that in a few years. He's a huge fan of Michael Scott. Michael, yeah. Is he a big office guy? I don't know. Oh, you're just, oh, I'm I trying to make you feel good. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks, man. <laughs> Ryan, I, what would you think? Yeah, you? I I thought he both both of what you said is, is right. He he was he looked confident. He looked ready to go. He made the right decision. He did not force the ball downfield, which I can really appreciate in this kind of a game where you want to get out, you want to be flashy, and their first drive was, what, like 11 plays for a touchdown? So they methodically walked the ball down the field. Now, somebody could look at that and say, well, against Western Michigan, why are we getting into third downs every single part of the drive? Yep. But the fact is they they converted those when they needed it most, and that is just a, such a confidence builder for a quarterback to do his job to get the team down the field when they need it most time after time after time to go out and, and score in their first possession. That did happen because of stagnant play calling. It did. Right they, out of the gate. They were they were running the ball on yep. first down and second down, and then it was third and five or third and six or third and four, and then he had to do something. But what I, yep. what I liked is that when he converted those, his confidence started to grow. And then later on we saw, like, his incompletions were not bad passes. I'm pretty sure he threw both of those away as he was scrambling out of the, out of the pocket. Yeah. So – I think he made ev- on every single throw. He made the right decision, yep. and that's just great to see. And not only that, but some of those deep balls that shows the touch and the ability where he's not just a game manager. I think he, and, and we saw it last year. I think he can throw the ball down the field with accuracy, and that's where he's going to be at his best when he gets to that second level. Yeah, I think the the most important, like the the best thing that I saw about the deep balls was yeah the accuracy, but he was also throwing it like 
to a spot that only his receiver could get it. Yep. There were too many times like when when Patterson was throwing downfield, it was a, a 50-50 ball. Yeah. These are not 50-50 balls. These are 95-5% balls. You know what I mean? And the, the the catch by Bell that ended up being a pass interference, kind of a bad call. Um, best was Michigan catch one of the ever. best throws. Like he threw that, and it looked like it was going way out of bounds. And my finger as that ball was going in, and yeah, I mean it was a great catch, but he put that in a spot that only his receiver could even come close to it. I haven't seen a catch like did that, that since I was playing flag football <laughs> when you were the quarterback. <laughs> oh, oops, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then, uh, but then he, even on the touchdown <laughs> pass to to Bell later on, uncalled for. Um, it was a great throw. Yeah, it was a little underthrown, but it's still like he threw it to the perfect spot to that that the defender had no shot at even making a play yep. or let alone getting his hands on the ball. You know what I mean? Well, that and he let he knows his receiver can make a play. Yep. So what he didn't do is throw it beyond him, and we've seen that so many times. Joe Milton last year, every single throw was beyond his wide receiver. Zero touch. There were there were so many receivers open for touchdowns, just like what we saw out of Ronnie Bell in that one play last year yep. that were not converted. Mm-hmm. And and this year, that's what I saw. Both of them, they they gave him a chance, and I think. Again, I go back to last year. We saw such a difference when he got in the game. He was throwing the ball 15 yards down the field with accuracy. I think that's where he's at his best. So what we saw in this game was not just that. He managed the game, made right decisions or good decisions. And those short passes, he's he's money. He's going to make the right decision short. So I, I think check the box. You know, I, I don't care what defense you're going to play against. He looked calm, cool, and collected, and now he can make those second-level throws yeah. when it's needed. He seemed to have a, a lot of time, which will give that, that type of quarterback – you know, the confidence that he needs. We'll see what kind of, like, the first time he's under pressure, we'll see what, what happens. I'm but not going to say he's as good an athlete um, as Thorne. as Peyton Thorne, but but he can move. He can move around the pocket. He can get himself open, and we've we've seen it. He, yep. he can move his legs. I think, but I also think he would have a little more arm talent than Thorne would as well. You know what I mean? He kind of, in my opinion. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not hating on Thorne. I'm just saying, like, where the, the legs kind of, go up for Thorne, the arm goes up a little bit for, for Cade. I, I think Cade's strength is his accuracy. I, I think he can put the ball where he wants it, when he wants to do it. His arm talent is not as good as Peyton Thorne's. I think Peyton Thorne has an electric ball out of his hand. But that's not Cade's game. Cade, Cade can throw the ball down the field. I'm not saying he's a bad arm. I think he actually has a really good arm. But his talent is to get the ball over the linebackers and in front of the safeties, and that is a skill that is very difficult to to pin down. Couple balls got knocked down on the line. Is That's, that concerning for that, you guys? I I, I was going to bring that up. In in some concern is is his vision so focused downfield that he doesn't even see the guy ten feet in front of him. I mean, what do you think? I I think it's a learning curve. I think there's something to be said for Western Michigan's prep preparation, saying, "Hey, we have a shorter quarterback." Get your hands up. Be ready. If you're not at the quarterback, then then throw your hands out. You know that's that was good on those defensive linemen, but that's also something that he's going to have to grow from or, or learn from and grow on. And I think he will do that as the season progresses. I, I don't think it's time to worry about that at this point. All right, we do have a comment. Michigan was very encouraging. They had a plan and stuck with it, and the defense looked really did look look well. So I I, I agree with that. I think the defense wasn't crazy good by any means but they 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 created havoc which is important they weren't sexy yeah but they got it done yeah man i i thought they had some sexy players out there oh but yeah we'll get to that yeah real quick (laughs) i did want to touch on 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 quorum let's Uh, get into quorum he didn't get the start but was the guy i mean he had 11 yard run 
Oh. Yep. Um, with 11 yards. Did he have other? Holy smokes. <laughs> he had another yard, I, I would assume. He, I think he had more than 11. Um, Wait. On 14 carries. What well, are you trying look to? Look up. What's up? What's eleven yards, son? <laughs> he had eleven yards, son. <laughs> son, he had eleven uh, yards. Cr- so he had one hundred and eleven yards 111. on Thank fourteen you. carries. Um, on fourteen carries and a touchdown. Um, and a receiving touchdown. He did. Oh, I missed that. Thank you for for pointing that out. It was the first touchdown. That's of the game. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, what what do you guys think of him? It's absolute stud. Yeah. This is the dude I was so excited about going into the season, and he showed it. I love Hassan Haskins. Haskins is still a Great running back. Dynamic duo, those two. But this game, Blake just he just outshined everyone as far as athleticism and the way he played the game in his respective position. Blake just tore it up. Yeah, he really did. What what's his nickname? What what's the nickname the the team has for him? I don't Ooh, know. It's something like Mighty Mouse or something like that. Like yeah, they, it was I think it was like a right. superhero kind of thing. He he looked exactly like that. Like he just the way he moved through the hole, he is so fast. He's electric. He, you, did you guys see his his touchdown run where he, he honestly like if you if you watch the replay of that, he was going directly towards a, an unblocked defensive lineman, looking right at him and running right at him, and then he just kind of like moved to the left. That's the one that he kind of turned his hips just yes. a, ever so slightly yeah. and just. Made him look like a fool. If you watch that in slow motion, you can see his eyes looking right at the guy. He ran towards him so that he didn't know what to do, and then he just ran right around him. Like, it was the no big deal at all. He has all the confidence in the world. I think he is the most dynamic electric player on the offense, yep. and they got him involved in the perfect ways. Get him involved passing. Get him involved in the run game. Move him all over the field. You saw the kickoff return. Like, yeah. this this guy was the difference maker when the, the offense went a little stagnant. One thing that I – so, and, and you guys can tell me I'm wrong because I, I have a hard time, like, looking at what – I saw. So I, I want to go back to kind of the mix of Haskins and Quorum. For me, it's like I look at Haskins as they were trying to pound it. You know what I mean? He's more of the pound it guy, right? Like the guy that they're going to hand the ball to more inside the tackles in where Quorum's going to fall into, more, I don't want to say gimmicky run scheme. Is that right? Is that the right word or not? Like, But like, uh, I guess my concern for, for what Michigan did is I didn't think they're, when they were tr- early on at least, when they were trying to pound the ball, first drive, first couple drives, really try to pound it with Haskins, they weren't able to get anything going. They weren't able to um, get into that second yeah. um, level of, of the the defense. Is that concerning to you guys? And I, I kind of went around like it's not a quorum Haskins thing, more of an offensive line, but also like if that's nope, not going to work with Haskins, calling. like. Uh, that if they're going to keep forcing that, that's what I'm a little concerned about. It it's not concerning. It's definitely more concerning about the play calling, because if they're going to use Haskins as you know, for lack of a better term, like a pawn, and then send Corum in there to start getting things done and start opening things up, like it, you don't want to use Haskins like that. You you want to complement these running backs. Like one two punches, it's kind of really what you want to see. But really, it's it's not concerning as far as players go because you have a deep running back room. You got Donovan Edwards sitting back there who got some playing time. But in the end, I don't think it's really concerning. But the 
play callings concerning and how you're using him. It's not concerning at all. You saw Haskins break off that touchdown run. That's what he does best. He is difficult to tackle. He does not go down easily. He's got those, like, the way his hips move and swivel, and, and I think he has way better vision than people give him credit for. You know, he had, what, 13 carries? 13 carries for 70 yards. That's a 5.4 average with a touchdown. He played great. He played awesome. He just... He wasn't Blake Corum, but he doesn't need to be. He needs to be Hassan Haskins, and that's exactly what he was. Early on, it was the Adrian Peterson on the Lions syndrome. It was like first, second down, they're going to run it. Stack the box. Yeah. Go fill every single gap with the linebackers. Sell out because they're going to run. Like They knew what was going to happen. When the offense opened up, you saw all the running backs succeed and and the passing game succeed, and that's that's more of the difference in my mind. I'm not worried about – I was so encouraged by what, what I saw in the running back room. I think this is the best they've been in in many years, really. Oh, yeah. I am so glad that Kyle's here online. Oh, is he, is he talking? <laughs> Quote, he's the pound it guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sam Walthart. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, snip that one. We I didn't miss him. I didn't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now right, we got we got well we got to get into Ronnie Bell's injury right you are, yeah let's get into that now let's just do it real quick okay. so uh, what a shame he tore his ACL he's out for the season that that's official at this point yeah and I just feel so bad for the guy he had what a start to his season this year and he was he's a captain he's what fifth year senior maybe even sixth year he's been around uh, forever I think it's I think it's just his fourth but I could be wrong oh really it seems like he's been around seems forever. like it's been a long while but yeah but I mean what a what a bad break for the guy he he tore his ACL on a play when he just was burning the, the punt defense and I told him not to put him so out this there. is this is actually a really funny story and I feel bad that it's funny when we're talking about this but so we're sitting at Micah's house with with uh my sisters and and the kids and stuff like that and He's out in the he's in the in the punt return right, and Micah goes, "Why is he even doing that? Why is he the punt returner?" And then me and my sisters are like, "Well, he's our best athlete. Of course he's gonna be back there. Make a play. Go out there and make a play." So then, I still didn't like it. As like as he catches it and he he starts breaking it, all of us look at him. We say, "See, see, this is why." And all of a sudden he gets tackled and he comes up limp. He see? goes, "See." This is why. And it's like, <laughs> holy smoke. It was one of the craziest scenarios because, like, we talked about it literally before the punt was even made. And then, <laughs> like, and then seconds the play, ensuing like, our conversation. Throughout the play, it was absolutely insane. It, but, I mean, I agree. Too bad. It sucks that he's he's hurt because he, he's, he is a leader. And now I think his shoes can be filled a little quicker. And, I, and, and that might be unfair. Yeah. Because he they've is not, they've that got some people not to the extent, but not, they're deep enough, and yes. they can bring. Th- yep. This is going to give another young guy p- playing time. Well, you know uh, what I mean. Dalen Baldwin too. Dalen Baldwin had that huge touchdown play. Yeah, um, yeah. good good hands. He caught the ball. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, he, you know, I think he's going to have an expanded role, and then also Roman uh, Wilson, Roman Wilson, and. Um, Man, Sanders, what's Sanders? AJ, AJ, AJ Henning? Henning. Oh, yeah. AJ Henning. Yeah. I think AJ Henning is really the one that I want to take more of an opportunity to take this over. Yeah, take the opportunity. He can. You know, he, can. he I, seems I think, to be the guy, the fit. That I think will, he's the biggest talent out of all of them. Yeah. yeah, the the steady guy would probably be Dalen Baldwin, and I, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to downplay what um, Bell was. No, what what? Uh, oh, sorry. Well, you still have Cornelius Johnston, and then uh, Mike Sanders still. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think they can do it. Roman Wilson, I think, is an under. He's really the next Ronnie Bell in my mind. Like he, the way he plays, I think he's 
He could tall, end up lanky and fast. Yeah, he could end up being yeah. Ronnie Bell yep. in two years. Yep. So I think they have some people that can fill the shoes, not to the extent, not with the leadership, not with the senior seniority and all that kind of yeah. stuff. The team captain aspect to it, but it's a, it's a more talented group than I think people give credit yeah. give credit for. Yeah. So it sucks losing them, but there's an opportunity for someone to come in and and really take take advantage of it. Yep. You know. So. Yep. Um, it sucks. But injuries happen, and and you move on. Real quick on the defense, uh, give us a couple thoughts on there, and then we can kind of move on to the Lions quick. I saw Daxton Hill get the start at cornerback, nickel cornerback, and that was awesome to see. I'm so glad they're using him in an athletic role like that. Dude, it was unreal. And he was all over the field. He He, was was a part of every play. He was breaking off when he needed to break off, and he was joining in and tackling when he in the backfield and just everywhere. Absolutely. He was blitzing. They were using him like it's almost like a less flashy, less arrogant Jabril Peppers. I was gonna say mixer between Woodson and Peppers. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the way that Woodson used to go and blitz whenever he wanted and jump all over the field and kind of be a like maybe a, maybe a <laughs> shutdown guy sometimes, but also just yeah go wherever he wanted, just like Peppers did. Yeah, he, it looks like he has more freedom on the field, which is weird if you're playing cornerback because you are locked in, but he has such a vision. And it looks like his eyes are in the backfield more than last year. Yeah. And he's not reacting to his player in front of him, but he's reacting to the play in front of him. Kid was hot on the ball. He was. No, hot I, he was it. all over. It was awesome to see. You saw the it speed. It was finally. It, like, that's the way I looked at it. It's like, yeah, he didn't have an interception, pick six, or anything that gets you the, the, the national attention. Right. When you sit and watch a game, every single play, you're like, he's... He's winning his play. I don't want to say our best defender, but he's... He's right up there. He played a sound game. That's what he did. Yep, Hutchinson as well. But the guy amazing. who, but the guy who took over for Daxon Hill, R.J. Moten. Yep. Who, man, I. So I already talked about a number six, uh, safety on Michigan State, and I was impressed with with how good of an athlete that dude was. But R.J. Moten on Michigan's team equally as impressive. I thought he stepped up, and he is the, exactly the kind of athlete that I want playing safety because he laid some big hits on guys too. So I saw him. I saw him putting some licks on some guys, and a good enough athlete to cover some ground. And Nikai Hillgreen also was a standout. Nearly in on every play. Yes, making tackles. He he is fundamentally good at tackling. The, the The man knows how to tackle, and we've had problems for years with tackling. We're just we're we're, we're trying these cute little arm tackles, trying. Hits like you know, like the big boys do it in the NFL. It's just not, it's not the way it is. And Nikai Hill Green played a very, very sound game. So the big thing that happened, um, another big thing that happened was Washington went out and lost to Montana. What was it like ten to seven or something? It was an ugly, another ugly game. Another low score um, game. But that's who Michigan's next opponent is. That this was supposed to be like a the big matchup for week two, or one of the big matchups, I should say. And with Washington losing, it hurts the. The you know national feel with the two ranked teams and w- what's going to happen slugfest, right? But I don't think it needs to change the way Michigan or Michigan fans look at this game. Or no. I mean, like no. d- who cares if it's a uh, win against a ranked opponent? Just win. You got to. That's win. the way I look at this type of heading into this game is whether they whether Washington won or lost last week. This was just a just win. I don't care how it looks. How it happens? Get it done. Michigan's at a point that it's you Log can't, the w you can't you judge can. your wins. Like you can't, you can't underrate 
a single win. You know what I mean? And if you go out and beat a Power 5 school that is supposed to be pretty good, if that's the right word, you know, go out and do it. If you want to be, if you want to move up into the the top 20 of college football and not ever start outside the top 25 again, like you have to win these type of games. Washington's a good team. They're a capable team. They're not, they they had a bad game and that, and you cannot say that teams don't go through those, especially early on in the year. Like that, that just happens here and there, especially with college football. So Washington is going to be much better competition than Western Michigan. Yes. and, And, but I think, I think what, you just said, Sam, is just saying like, you know, yeah, some people would say we're maybe overblowing this game against Western Michigan. I don't think so. I think this is important. Every single game right now for Michigan is important after last year's year mm-hmm. season. And, and that's just the where we are with the program. So it, just like Michigan State, every single win is that big of a deal because of recent history. So to get out of that recent history, you must win games that you should win. And this would be a big game. Power 5 school, it's not Western Michigan. It's somebody with a real name. Before we get into the main topic of episode 121, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the Hops perfect for whatever you have going on, from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The Hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. And they had that uh, coupon go out for one, uh, get a beer for a nickel for a meal over 12 bucks. So if you haven't used that one yet, please do so. Um, they're the official brewery State of My Sports in 2021. And if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer. Uh, we're going to jump right into some Detroit Lions now. Um, kind of preview um, the way that we did with Michigan, Michigan State the last uh, couple weeks. And really this will be our, our last last preview. And that it kind of feels good. You know, we can yeah. kind of move past it here. Get past it. I mean, previewing professional teams is, is a way different feel than than college because there's so many question marks, I feel like, in college. But then you look at this Lions team, there's a lot of question marks here too. But we know but the they're names. professionals. We know the we names. Know, exactly. There's, it's not, oh, I, 24-7 sports told me this guy's going to be good in two years, and it's two years now, so he's going to be good. No, we know these guys. They're professionals. This is um, what they get paid to do. Um, and we know a lot about them. And I, I think one of starting with the offense, let's start with the quarterback here. Obviously, it's it's Jared Goff um, replacing Matthew Stafford. Um, it's I'm I'm very I'm so intrigued. In, I, perfect. I word. think that's that's where, that's where I'm at with the Lions in general. I'm very intrigued. Um, but Goff is one of those guys that I've never thought was as good as the NFL thought he was when they were winning. But I also don't think he's as bad as the NFL thinks he is now. And where is he going to fall? Where Where is that going to end up in, in Detroit? Year one, I think, is a really big question. I mean, if we've got to get into year two and see how it develops. But year one, it's he, he's still probably one of our best players. Whether he's good or not, he, we're, gonna, we're not going to learn a whole lot about this guy unless it's surprisingly good. You know what I mean? So NFL has... Jared Goff ranked basically dead last out of all quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, That's, he was behind even some backups, I think. Yeah, he was. And and I think I don't I know he's not as bad as that. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, and I agree, I agree. with you. Last year, that is not true Jared Goff. He was in a really bad situation and and still won a playoff game for him. So yeah. um I I think he has something that 
I'm not going to say he's a standout quarterback or a top 10 talent or, or anything at this point, no. but he has been in the past, and he's not the worst <laughs> like he was last year. So he's somewhere in the middle, and, and I don't know if that's good enough. If he's, let's just say in the end, he's the 20th ranked quarterback and 20th best quarterback in the NFL. No, I don't want to build my team around a 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I'd rather mm-hmm. go get a big-time talent in the draft. But he's not the worst. So let's stop pretending that the Lions – are the laughing stock of the NFL because I don't I don't think they're a laughing stock. I think they have too much talent to be a laughing stock. They might be a, a bottom third tier offense at the end of the year, but this is one of those moments I think for Jared Goff where he can say screw all of you. Yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong and you, wait and see what I do and if that can happen man I, that's why it's so intriguing because I would love to see that I would love to see him prove people wrong and what if he ends up being a top 10 talent what if what if he yeah. says hey I was the first overall pick I signed this big contract literally two or three years ago and was a Super Bowl contending quarterback three four years ago mm-hmm. and I'm not that far removed from it I was just in a bad situation where I hated my coach staff and they hated me and we just didn't get along, and yeah. now I'm in a good situation where I like the people that I'm around, and I have a better attitude about it. That's possible. It's possible. I don't want to say that that's the case, and I don't think you want to say that either. No, I'm not. Because I'm just we're throwing stuff out there. Yeah, but I mean, if you can make it to a Super Bowl, you're you're not awful. Well, right? Rex Grossman was awful. <laughs> that's a good point. So he made it. But like one thing that <laughs> Joe Flacco I think was awful with Flacco with Goff Joe. is he, Cam Newton. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, a great point. Well, he was really good. We could that. just name a whole bunch of them. Yeah, Kaepernick. Uh, <laughs> like every year. Yeah, Eli uh, Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Trent Dilfer. You know what? I'll take any one of those for a, a Super Bowl winning team. What a last name, Dilfer. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I think, made it to his one Super Bowl. Man, that's um, weird. Only yeah. one. Here we go. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Like, this is the I think his first opportunity to be a leader, too. If if he wants to be, I think they voted him team captain, which is cool. Um, but like, in a lot of ways, it feels like they're letting the reins off of this guy, but it's just in a different jersey. You know what I mean? Like. He's coming into Detroit to be Stafford's replacement for now. And, man, that, that chip on the shoulder of the way he was treated the last year and a half in, in St. Louis. or not Sorry, holy smoke, St. Louis? That's yeah. a throwback. Yeah, St. Louis. Um, Los Angeles. Greatest and, show on and, turf. All, and under that, um, Sean McVay shadow. Because even when they were making the playoffs and, and doing what they did, he wasn't it, was, the it was about Sean McVay. Yep, he it was wasn't all about Sean McVay. And look, I, I think he's a good coach, so I don't want to like underestimate. Yeah, but that. why was he the worst at <clears throat> dealing with Jared Goff last year? Why was he the worst at managing his quarterback the year before that? So he gets none of the blame. Yep. McVay doesn't get any blame. Who gets all the blame? It's it's it's, it's quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. yeah, it's Jared Goff. He gets blamed for all of it, but he doesn't get any of the any of the the riches, I guess, the yeah. praise. The more that so it ta- it's going to take me a while. I'm still not over the the Stafford moving on thing. I'm not going to get into that right now, but the more I look at bringing in Goff and not drafting Stafford's replacement seems like one of the best moves I've ever even seen. Because like if you drafted your quarter the the replacement of Stafford and he was young, you're gonna have the fans divided because the fans were divided in a lot of ways with Stafford. The haters hated, the the lovers loved, and if you drafted his replacement, they would just switch sides 
The haters would hate the new guy just because he's not Stafford, and the lovers would love the new guy just because he's not Stafford. That's not a good way to do this. Goff can come in and be like, uh, all the fans are just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like let's see. They and if like, he can win this fan base over, everybody will be on board, and it's not going to be split. Well, because what's not split is the trade. The trade's obvious. Because Matthew Stafford demanded a trade. He didn't want to be here anymore, so they traded him. We got two first-round picks out of it, mm-hmm. third-round pick, and you know the whole story. Yep. It was a good trade for the Lions. And now we're saying we also did not draft the next guy, like what you're saying. So so that gives more confidence and, sh- and shows a little bit more of an opportunity to Jared Goff. So it, it's his to take. I mean, it, it is all up to him on how this season goes, and I think that's why it's so fun to watch because he could be playing for his next contract – after this big one expires, and he, who knows, he could be like a, a Fitz Magic where he gets better with age and and with a beard. With a, he could grow a beard. I'd love for if, if he grow, grew a beard. That'd be nice. Uh, we do Go have a, a comment here from Bob Karen. They're heading to bed. They're older um, than us, at least not too old. Um, <laughs> but they did so want to get their beer the grade bus. in there. Uh, the the seven they got a seven point two for the lime from uh, Big Lake, the limelight. And then an eight point four for the orange push uh, from Arvon. They like they like so the orange. Strong. Yeah, it's a that's a very good score. Thank you guys for for throwing your scores out there. Put them right to bed. Um, so one thing with with golf is, We're I still feel on like golf. Okay. I, well, well, I do want to oh, create it into the the offensive line. I think that's a big key to um, golf success, uh, let alone the offensive success. Um, it's a work in progress, it sounds like, with Sewell. But even without Sewell last year, they were decent, decent enough. They're going to be an upgraded offensive line, I believe, with Jonah Jackson a year under his belt. Frank Rag now is a complete stud. Vitae hopefully has a, a, a nice bounce back year. And then I, I, I'm comfortable with Taylor Decker at left tackle. I think he's top eight, top ten. Oh, he's a really top good guy. tackle. Um, very sound and in, in doesn't doesn't get noticed, and that's what a left tackle shouldn't do. Just yeah, don't good. get noticed. Um, and Logan Stenberg had a great preseason and a great uh, camp, and and the, the the coaching staff seems to love him as and a he, potential fill-in for Vitae if he doesn't step up. Is that he, what you're thinking? He is might be the starting right guard coming week one. Logan Stenberg. That would be. be great to see. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Um, but really, I think Goff he he was proven to be good out of the the play action. And short throws out of the play action in in Los Angeles. Um, if he can have time, if you can develop a running game with this offensive line getting the the push that we hope that they can, like he they are so important to knowing what Goff could be. You know what I mean? And I I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on on the offensive line, real quick? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think if Sewell, um, I think the more he plays, the more he's going to get comfortable. What I what I think is the potential risk is his mindset if he keeps getting beat on a regular basis like we saw in the Look preseason one. Oh. i mean that could that could be something that gets in his head if you watch when he gets beat he is not getting beat because he's not athletic enough he jumps out he is so quick he gets to the spot early the problem is when he's at the spot the defensive linemen that are now now the the really good defensive linemen can adapt to whatever is in front of them. So they they do a different move every single time based on the leaning, the the hand placement, and all that stuff. And that's what you saw. He got beat by uh, a, a little fake inside, and then he got beat around, or he got 
he got moved to the right side, got punched in the left in the right shoulder, moved him to the wrong side, and then and then went around. Or he got beat around a couple of times, so he jumped outside, and the guys just cut inside. So they were playing mind games with him. Mm-hmm. It was not a physical ability. It was not a strength issue. It was all about technique, and and I think because he's on the right side, I think he's still learning that technique. Development, right? Isn't that what we said You're at the beginning of this? Co- yeah, this conversation is the development year. Just l- let it play out. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, you you want to go to the postseason. I get it. In the end, you're probably not going to go to the postseason. Just focus on player development and prep for the next two to four years. Don't don't worry about it. He's so what if he has a mediocre or subpar year? Yeah, it's just Jared Goff that's going to get hit. He's re- he's replaceable. Yeah. It's not hopefully, a rookie. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Um, we'll move into some weapons, starting with the running back uh, room. I think it's very intriguing as well. Uh, Swift is either going to have a breakout year, or, or, or I feel like it could be another missed second-round pick, another wasted second-round pick. And I don't want to put that much pressure on him because he is still young. It's still only year two, right? Um, but I, I need to see something. You know what I mean? I need health. I need to see some kind of fire. And it's probably not fair of me to, to think that he's going to be at every down back yet. Um, I don't think he has to be with Jamal Williams I don't either. Want, I don't want him to be. I don't want to put that pressure on his body at this point. He hasn't yeah. been healthy. Just stay healthy for a while. So I I think he's intriguing, though, because he has the ability to. I think we've seen the flashes. Oh, yeah, he's for, dynamic. For, for what he can do. And I, I don't know. I, I think the running back room in general, getting rid of carry-on, getting rid of AP, and letting it be swift – and Jamal Williams, I love that tandem right there. I think Jamal Williams is the key here because he's the safety net. He is the guy who will be consistent, and he's got the attitude for it. He just brings so much energy to the team uh, and fun energy to the team. So he is a guy that the Lions will be able to rely on. Third down, he can do it all. He can pass block. He can do anything he needs to. He can be the, the bell cow if we need him. Um, I think one guy we're not bringing up right now is, is uh, Jamar Jefferson, yeah. who was our seventh round or sixth round pick that we actually traded up to get him the team loved him coming out of college and i think he's only shown really good things so far through preseason he, he's steady so if there is an injury watch kind, out for jamar jefferson kind of running back is he he's not he's not an extreme athlete i would actually say he's kind of like uh hassan haskins actually he just plays a good brand of football he's not easy to tackle he he's moves his hips around he breaks arm tackles. Uh, he has really good vision. That the coaching staff just raves about his vision and getting to the right hole at the right time. Um, and I, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's just all running back. He does not. He's not going to stand out in the combine, and that's where he lost a lot of his value because he's not that fast. He doesn't bench press that much. But overall. He's just a better running back than most running backs. I feel like those type of things are so overrated in a running back because it's all about vision and the way you can see the field and the way you are confident in your running. Yes, and you that's what I mean? exactly what he was, confident yeah. and he could see I, I the field. Ho- I hope he is. Real quick, going back to Jamal Williams, uh, Mike, obviously being a Packer fan, I, I didn't watch him nearly as much as you, obviously, and I don't know much about him. I know he's a powerful guy, but he, can he catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield? Oh, yeah. So he he's kind of he, he, he can do it all type thing, but he doesn't have to do it all. Is that yeah? Is that for, a fair look? for for those of you who don't know, he he is he is a do it all running back, and he's he's basically like a just kind of like maybe like a poor man Aaron Jones. He he is really really good. You will like him. 
He is he is super dynamic. He's got good hands. He's I don't know what his numbers are like yards after uh, catch, but he can get upfield and he is good. I I am excited about him and I think he's perfect for what this locker room needs right now in the moment. And his it's not another young guy like Carryon was with with Swift. It's a a veteranish guy. And his know? his attitude and personality, like Ryan said, is almost unparalleled. He's he so incredibly positive. It's it's almost unheard of. What a, what a good guy. I've, I've just yeah, seen a few is. videos of him, and he's just always has a big smile. I, I but Swift to to just put a uh, a bow on this whole thing. I think I think uh, Swift has the ability to be what like a Saquon Barkley type of running back. Maybe maybe not an eighty yard explosion threat like Saquon Barkley is at any given moment. But I think he has that kind of hole hit, hitting ability and explosive ability or in one cut miss type of type of guy. And if he can stay healthy and if he actually can be healthy for an extended period of time, we're going to see really great things out of him. Sam, so, Sam likes him enough. He drafted him. Did Danny I? Swift. The, oh, Jamal Deion, Williams? Yeah, I, I drafted Swift. Yeah, Swift. Oh, nice. Sure. It's worth it. Yeah. Worth a shot. Yeah, he's healthy. He's playing. he's playing week one. That, that's, a, that's a win. There you go. That's a win. <laughs> Um, uh, more weapons, wide receiver, tight ends. I, I just look at this as a wait and see. Obviously, Hawkinson's going to yeah. have his. He's going to be very important for Goff. He's, I think, due for a, a nice big season. Um, but the wide receiving room still feels slim. And I don't want to, like, over o- like overthink it because you look at playoff caliber teams, like the teams that are in the Super Bowl, they don't have the – the guy, you know what I mean? It's not about the number one, you know, Devontae Adams, like DeAndre Hopkins. You don't need that freak of nature that you can rely on with 12 catches a game. You don't need it. It's nice to have. But you look at this, and it just seems thin. So so real quick, the the names that we're yeah, looking at. the Buccaneers at, only have three of them. Yeah, the, that, that's a good <laughs> point. That, that's an anomaly, though, I, I feel like, yeah. right, from from previous winners. A, a what? Um, uh, I said it okay. <laughs> I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> Terrell Williams. Uh, or Tyrell Williams, Tyrell. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Quintez Cephas, uh, Kaderil Hodge, who was the Cleveland cast-off, um, Trinity Benson, who was the Br- Broncos, Broncos trade, and then Tom Kennedy. So you got a lot of names there. I'm just in wait-and-see mode with this off, with this wide receiving core. I think the wide receivers could be good enough, but it, uh, I think it starts with that, that running game. If they can introduce a running game and really make that – Somebody, something that people have to worry about. That's when these wide receivers are going to be okay, good enough. Khalif Raymond is is an amazing athlete. He really is. If people haven't seen him, if they're not familiar, you will get familiar. Khalif Raymond is an is a name to watch out for. He is hard to stay in front of. He's quick twitch type of athlete. He's a return guy. So, so you're gonna like him. Um, I hope he has the hands for it. That's been th- that's the one question. Sorry, who, who are you talking about? Khalif Raymond. Khalif. Okay, sorry. Uh, the next guys that you just brought up, Kaderil Hodge. I've always liked him in the Browns uh, wide receiver room. They're stacked there, so yeah. I see why he was cut. Um, I think he could be a steady type of receiver. Maybe like even an upgrade to Quintess Cephas if he doesn't work out. He's a little bit more athletic, but but steady. And then Trinity Benson is the one that I wanted to highlight here. He is actually a guy that I'm. Pretty excited about. It. I think he has a lot of ability, and Broncos Nation kind of 
They weren't happy about it. They weren't happy about it at all. They really wanted to see him in uh, in the lineup, actually, like getting reps. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot with the the receiving corps that they have. Mm -hmm. So someone's bound to stand out. You're going to have one receiver stand out at least throughout the year. I mean, who do you expect it to be? I mean, I I hope it's a young guy. We would love Amon Amon Ross St. Brown. Brown. I would love for him to be the guy. I don't think he's... Built to be the guy. Year I think he's. One. A, I think he's a golden Tate. I think he is the next golden Tate for the the Lions offense. Like he could be the Lions number one, but he wouldn't be in a he's successful a, team. He's a Heinz Ward tough guy that just all the defensive backs hate because he plays a little bit too hard for their liking. But then he's also like a scrappy offensive guy, like a golden Tate. I, don't, I think he could beat him deep. He could beat him short. He's going to give what they um, what the defense gives him. But I think I'm expecting Khalif Raymond to take a big step forward. I would love yeah. for him to be a mainstay in this offense. I think offense. he could be. And the worst case scenario, but also best case scenario here, I know it's a weird way to, to put it, is that a guy like Terrell Willi- Tyrell Williams and Quintez Cephas are either not on the roster or just not getting playing time midseason. And the other guys jumped in and passed him. And I would hate to lose, like, Quint- what was he, the third-round pick, Cephas? And that sucks releasing a guy like a that fifth, or moving on. Oh, I thought he was earlier than that, but you, you could be right. You might be right in the middle fifth there. Fifth round, yeah. Um, but it, I've never really liked him, so like I'd be okay with moving on from him, but at the same time, it sucks losing that type of um, asset, if you will, when he comes with a pick. Um, John, what, what round was he drafted in? Fifth round. So I was right. Um, <laughs> what, what year? Let's pretend. Uh, this is year two, I think, for him. Twenty twenty vision. Yeah, uh, out you, of Wisconsin. You, you gotta give him some time. I think so too. But I would also love for one of these other guys to say no. You don't get more time. The point is, oh, we're yeah. not, that would make me. Ha- I yeah. would. We're I would not love sold it. on that's, any of them. That's yeah. a definition of competition. Yeah, and that's absolutely. What, that, that's a thing that we have here, and I think I think Trinity Benson could be a guy that kind of jumps in. Again, he doesn't kind of fit the number one mold. He's kind of like the Cooper Cup, I think. If you're going back to a golf run offense um, with speed, um, but I don't know, it, it'll it'll be interesting none of, to none see. Of, none of them are number ones. Tyrell Williams is the closest number one. He's yeah. done he's done it before. He's not gonna be that guy again. But he he'll show flashes. We'll see him. So we'll move to the defensive uh, side of the ball, starting with the defensive line. Um, I personally yes. love the, I love the defensive line, and I I probably shouldn't. I feel like I've loved them longer than I should have. Um, I've been high on them even going in the last couple of years. I like them too. Health, health permitted, you have high-end guys there. I think it starts with Michael Brockers. I love bringing that guy in. I think he could be a guy. I think he played a much bigger role than the NFL gives him credit for in uh, in what other people did around him. His stats weren't crazy. He wasn't um, explosive or like getting in the like sacks or anything. Like his, his numbers aren't. What's important? He's not bad at getting sacks. It's, it's not bad, but I think what he does and what he brings to a team is not measurable in stats. His leadership. His leadership, but yep. also like creating havoc to give another guy option. The Rams paid him a decent amount of money. Yeah, they did. And they couldn't afford him. That's basically why the Lions had, I think they traded for him, right? Was it a seventh-round pick or something like that? Or, or a late-round pick of some sort. But that was why they had to move on. It's not that they didn't want him or he wasn't useful. <laughs> I think he plays a big role in what the Rams do on that defensive line, and I hope that he can bring that into 
what the, what the Lions need need him to do. Well, not only that, last year's last year's late round pick, John Penasini, was awesome. But he's he's a bigger guy. He's he's a run stuffer. He's not going to get after the quarterback too much. But he moves bodies. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what he's there to do. So he he can help develop John Penasini. And then the two defensive tackles that we got this year, Ali McNeil and Levi Onwuzurike. You couldn't ask for a better role model, just personality, the the person himself, and then also his play in the field. He's seen everything. He yeah. knows what to do, how to react to each situation. So those guys are getting to learn from a true veteran, a leadership uh, guy. He seems to be the leader in the clubhouse on defense. Yeah. Yep. And and he's the voice of the, of the defense right now out of all those guys. So I think it was the perfect – veteran presence to bring in with this young group of guys yeah and yeah you didn't bring up Deshaun Hand I know his injuries have been an issue um if he can be healthy I, th- I still think he can compete in this league I think they put him on the IR for now right first I three so, first yeah. three weeks he's definitely out yep which get used to, I mean we're all used to that now but yeah um and then I, I did want to put the the outside linebackers at, on the defensive line because I think we're going to see them there more um it's going to yeah. be similar to what Michigan's kind of transitioning to do right um, but Trey Flowers and Romeo Aquara, I mean, who would have thought that somebody would pass what Trey Flowers is important? I, I, I think Romeo Aquara might be our better guy. He's the key. Um, but Trey Flowers is no slouch either. If it, it all is, you know, if it, he's he's not, the league hasn't passed him by yet, So I think, is what so I want to say. Trey Flowers, if he's healthy, he is a really good all-around defensive end. He, he can hold his own in the run defense and then he can also get to the quarterback here and there and, and get seven to ten sacks a year we've seen that him do that on a bad defensive line with the, with the lions and then what romeo aquara's breakout year last year he is the key because he's the the speed guy around that can bull rush when he when he needs to so that's that's the guy that the defense has to plan for to beat his beat the tackle around the edge so the way i want to picture this is our ends outside linebackers are going to go more wide to force the quarterback to step up more and that's where michael brockers a word and wizard uh nick williams will kind of cause havoc that we haven't seen before is that fair to say uh, so romeo Quara is going to be the one to, to beat guys around the edge um, okay so it's kind of like okay it, it's a little offset right all right and then and then Trey Flowers is going to be the one to engage the defensive lineman and break off to make the run stop when he needs to and then maybe use his hands well enough to get through the inside or the outside for the sack. Um, Romeo Aquara is the speed guy. He's the athlete that they're going to be using on the outside, and Julian Aquara is the backup for him. Yeah. So another athlete. I also round. don't want to overlook Austin Bryant. I think when he plays – I love that dude. I love what he does. Yeah. I think he's athletic enough He's and, and tall enough, and he's that like versatile defensive player that, that can use he's, – he's a talented guy. He's just been bitten by the injury bug so far. Mm. And and there's a reason why Same he's always Desha- been on the Deshaun roster. Hand. Yeah. They yeah. protected exactly. him. They could have easily cut a guy like Austin Bryant and Deshaun Hand just because people, people, wouldn't over, people wouldn't give a crap if you cut those guys because it's like, oh, yeah, they didn't get a whole lot of numbers and stuff. But, like, the fact that – Every single year, these guys keep getting and staying on the roster, even though they, it's it's hard to keep those type of guys. Yeah, um, and they're still doing it. That means they have that upside. That this is, I think, multiple yeah. now, multiple coaching staffs thought were worth keeping on board. Absolutely, and and this is the core of the defensive team right here. Yeah. It is the defensive line. 
and we didn't even talk about Levi Unzurike yet. Yeah. And yep. honestly, so I watched I watched his last game against Pittsburgh. I saw um, a film study on him and, and what he did every single play that he was out there, and I got Beast. I got so excited with his first step and his ability to make plays in the backfield. If you haven't seen that, try to look for his highlights in preseason week three. And I don't care if it's preseason. I don't care if you want to laugh at me. He beat his man one-on-one. He beat his double teams more than one time. He beat double teams right and left. I think he is he is such a natural ability and strength to just hold people off with that hand and get cause havoc in the backfield just like what we drafted him to do and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to trickle into this defense as the season goes on and it's probably the right idea get him motivated let him learn a little bit we've got a lot of veteran presence right now on the line early on and yeah. then as the season goes let him and loose. you can have that rotating rotating door and and keep guys fresh too and if you can keep your guys fresher than the offensive line you're gonna make those big plays. You're gonna catch the quarterback on the on the blind side, cause a turnover, cause a bad throw, all of those things. Um, another person that wasn't mentioned was Aleem McNeil, who's actually gonna get the start. It sounds like at nose tackle. It's it's looking. It sounds like, like that. which is awesome. Yeah, I mean that, that's great to see. We'll see um, what it turns into. But moving to kind of a, a less uh, deep side, if you will, of, of position is are the linebackers. So the inside linebackers are going to be Alex Anzalone yep. and Jamie Collins. Yep. Sounds like they're going to get the starts. Seems like they're getting ready to get passed at some point this year, hopefully, by a guy like Derek Barnes. Yeah, Derek Barnes could win a job easily. Yeah, but that would be because he shines and not because somebody else loses it. I think Alex Anzalone is a is he's a fast athletic linebacker so he's going to fill a need for this team um based on their 3-4 defense okay and he, he's going to cover a lot of ground so i think he, he'll be he'll be serviceable he'll be okay he's not going to be a strength to okay. the defense jamie collins i think he is that bigger linebacker but he's also fast he he is versatile and he has not played poorly the last couple of years no i i agree he's i was actually kind of surprised that we kept him though um just because he's he shines in the you know Patriot way type defense. We saw him do really well in the Patriots. Struggle with Cleveland. Go back to the Patriots. Do well. Come to Detroit in the Patriots regime type thing. Um, this is still a three four defense. But he, the fact that we didn't move on from him is encouraging to me. And I think it's important because he's going to be he, he's going to be the Mike right. He's going to be the guy with the headset. He's going to be the guy directing these young players. I mean, our corners are like I think we have. Zero guys in the secondary that's over twenty five or something like that. Yeah, it's, the it's something in insane like that. Yeah. I think Warriors are, are the oldest guy or <laughs> yeah, something. Third but, year. Um, but anyway, it's just like I like it. But our biggest—that's th- been our weakness, right? Covering tight ends with our linebackers. They every team seems to find a way to expose that, and it never works. But who? But who's Is been responsible gonna, for that? I. I I would assume the, that's the what, scheme. That's what Alex Anzalone is was hired to do. Is to cover tight ends. Is to cover tight ends. Okay. And and be that get the more athletic speed linebacker to, to cover those guys. And who look at his backup, Jalen Reeves Maben, who has not played the last few yeah. years. At least other than special teams. Other than special teams, and he's been yeah. a standout on special teams. But he's known for his speed. That's why yeah. he was drafted at the time before the last regime got there. So you think it's a, a scheme issue? That we've I, seen in the past. I think linebackers are such a scheme fit. Uh, they're so dependent on that. And they can be great athletes and they can be standouts and everything else. But if you're not one of those world beaters, then you better fit into the scheme or else you're going to struggle. So move down to the DBs. Uh, Jeff Akuda 
and Amani Awarie are the the two guys there. Um, Prove it, yeah. Ifantu, what, I don't know. Ifichu, Ifichu yeah, whatever his name is. Well, I'll learn it when I need to. Um, it will be kind of that that next guy in. Um, but Tracy Walker and Ify. Will Will Harris um, are the safeties. I like the safeties. I like the potential of the corners. I know it, it's it's probably hard for people to hear when what we saw the last couple of years. Um, but w- w- what do you think about the the secondary here? So Dean Marlowe was was cut right, but then they got him. Back is that true? Do, am I remembering I honestly, that right? I don't even remember that. They name. got they got rid of Dean Marlowe. They they signed him. They got rid of him. But I'm I'm wondering if it was one of those guys where they brought him back um, afterwards. I'm not sure. But I think I think the the key to this group is Jeff Okudo. This is second year. Uh, Amani Awarie, third year. Ifichu Melanvanu, rookie. Yep. All young, really really good athletes really young and no depth behind him yep. and, and actually aj or bobby price bobby price who, who's shown on this depth chart as a safety he's actually playing as the backup uh cornerback right now is he yeah um what do you think about tracy walker i've i've always been a tracy walker fan i i i think he could be uh i don't want to sneak I, into look, any of my you put tracy walker <laughs> on the seattle players, seattle seahawks defense of of old and I think he would be a standout. I think he'd be talked about as one of the best safeties in football. Yeah. I think with the right people around him, he is a good enough athlete, and he sees the the field well enough where he can he can be dangerous. He can do a lot of things. Now he was left on an island a lot last year, and he was basically a glorified cornerback, and that's not his best strength. I don't think he's a bad corner guy against against safeties or anything, but that's not what he should be used for. He's too good of an athlete and sees the field too well to be used like he was last year. Yeah, we'll get into that as we get into some players here in a minute. All right. Um, but what, what are your overall thoughts heading into the season? I, I have some pretty strong thoughts on, on how I'm feeling, but I'm curious about yours before I get into to mine if you're... Yeah, what a weird year because I'm individually I'm, I'm high on a lot of these players and I'm high on the defensive line. That's always been the weakest part of this team, this defense and the corners, obviously. But Probably not weakest, but like... Let like just not did, never stood up to what the, or the least lived impactful. up to, lived up to the hype I think or yeah. and the talent that that has always been there, and the ability to stop the run and everything they were dead last in run defense last year and pass defense last year that shows how bad they were, and so the NFL as a whole is counting this team out they're they're ranked as the worst offensive team in football and the worst defensive team in the football that means that they could potentially go zero and sixteen this year according to NFL. Oh, and 17, thank you. 17 they could potentially go 0-17 this year according to NFL standards. No, they're not going to do that. They're too good of a team in my mind. They have too many too many athletes and too much talent on the team for, to make to let that happen. But this this team could be a three-win team or I think it could be as high as a six six or a seven-win team. Yeah. I I think they could get hot and it wouldn't surprise me too much, but I'm also not I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't think yeah. they're a good team. I just I'm I'm excited about this year for watching the development of players mm-hmm. and no, seeing I, and seeing how one one really great quarterback and a wide receiver combo could impact this team long term. That yeah. that's what I'm here to watch. So I wrote down that I'm not excited for this football season, but that's a lie because I am very excited. I'm excited in a completely different way. Every every year the last what ten, I've been hopeful with with a guy like Stafford and be like, hey. You have a guy that can win you games. If you put anything of value around him, 
you can win games. Will you? No. We know that now that we will not win games. But there was that hope and that excitement of what ifs. I don't have any of those what ifs right now at this point. I'm basically just, I plan on sitting and suffering through some really ugly losses and some games that they should have given away and or you know or shouldn't have give or should have won and, and ended up losing because the I just don't think the talent is deep enough not is not in the crucial positions to win football games if that if that's a way to look at or a, a way to say it I'm just I I'm trying to going to it with with an open mind because I don't know enough about golf and the new coaching staff and all of these things and it can come together quickly but I don't want to like I I just I just I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just I'm going into this just like no expectations. I'm gonna go in just like you said, see how it develops and watch a game. Hope they win. I'm gonna hope that they win. I'm not gonna root against my team. Whoa, that that sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna root against my team, um, at least early on. But like I just feel like it's gonna be one of those years. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a year where you're watching Levi and Wuzurike in the middle of the defense to see how he's reacting. And even if they does, he doesn't get to the quarterback and they get a 10-yard gain, you're going to be like, oh, but he beat his guy. That was awesome to see. Like, that's that's what me, that's what I'm going to be looking at. And that's not how you are supposed to watch football, in my opinion. I mean, we're, we're there to watch the team win. But I don't expect them to be a team that just wins. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. We want to get into some players. So like we did with our um, college football teams, we got some breakout players. Don't forget about uh, rebound and a dark horse MVP type type thing. Um, we'll start with a rebound player. I, I, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. I think he's shown flashes. I already kind of brought that up. I think it's going to be a, a point of emphasis on this. Breakout or rebound? Uh, breakout. Well, you could say either one, really. It's it, yeah, kind of the same thing. I, I went with breakout because I don't think rebound's fair because he hasn't. He didn't have that good year yet. You know what I mean? Like a rebound would be like he showed that he was good yeah. and was bad and then can be good again. So that's why I went with breakout. Yeah, like I think no, that could, makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I think he, he could be the three-down back, but I don't think they're going to put him that in that situation quite yet. Um, I just, I'm just i really excited to see what he can do, and I think a lot of it relies on the offense line. Stuff that we already talked about, but he's kind of my my uh, breakout player. Like I mean – so real quick, let's throw some stats out there from from last year. Thirteen games, um, hundred fourteen attempts, five hundred twenty one yards. So it's four point six average. That's not that bad, not that exciting either. But it could. It's pretty good. With being the feature guy, the only guy, if Jamal and with only Jamal Williams, I mean, we'll see with with the guy you brought up. But um, I don't know. I think I think he could be that guy in this league to really kind of explode and. Be good on a bad team. I I agree. I'm going to pick the same guy. I think DeAndre Swift has the best ability to be a top five uh, fantasy football draft pick next year. Like if he proves himself well, this, this year, year, because I have him on my roster. I'd say going into next year's <laughs> draft this year, there's a lot of question marks. He's he's not a round one guy that you're going to pick, and I think he could end up being a round one guy in in fantasy football and, and that's not a good measure but it but it kind of is because that's the expectations that Jonathan Taylor earned 
from last year. Yeah. Those are the expectations that people have for Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. Those are the expectations that Ezekiel Elliott gets on a year-by-year basis. So I, he could end up being that guy because he does have the pass-catching ability and, and the, the overall speed, the making guys miss. We've talked about it. He has the ability to break out more than any other player on this I think the key for him this year team. will be show that you can be a blocker in the, in the 100% passing situations. You know what I mean? So in, you're a three in, down back. Yeah, exactly. Show that you can be. Don't You don't have to be every time, but show that you have the ability to be. John, Mike, honestly, j- jump in if you guys have anything. I'm not trying to – if you guys have any any information or stuff that you want to bring up, uh, feel free. But I didn't want to talk – forget about players. Ryan, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm going to say don't forget about Amani Awarie because he, he has played as uh, the number one cornerback really the last two years. Two yeah. years ago as a rookie, he was – over succeeding his draft round value and last year he really proved himself as a dependable cornerback and I think he is good he can line up against pretty much anybody he reminds me a lot of Darius Slay so I'd say don't forget about him I think he's going to be really good and all eyes are going to be on Jeffrey Okuda for good reason but Warrior, if he's our safety net if he's the guy that we we're all mad at Okuda for whatever reason or we're all happy about Okuda for whatever reason that other guy needs to play well so yep. he's not exposed and that's Warrior and I think he's rock solid. Yeah, I mean they're going to attack one corner or another, right? And if you have two good corners that they don't want to attack then I mean that that's that's great to have. So if Okuda's getting thrown at all the time, that's a step in a warrior. They don't want to throw over there. Absolutely. It's not necessarily because Akuda sucks at his job and is leaving guys open. It's just because it's more like prove oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um I actually went with Michael Brockers. I already talked a little bit about him, but um we didn't see him in training camp. We didn't see him in preseason. Um but he's gonna be so important to this defense. Um he's gonna I, I the way I, I looked at it and I kinda already said it is what he does is unmeasurable in the stat category. I think he's he worked really well with Aaron Donald and kind of opened things up for him. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Donald's crazy talent, and I'm not saying any of these guys on Lions roster is going to become Aaron Donald because you have Michael Brockers. But Levi, what he did for Aaron Donald, I think, could be something to keep an eye on on both sides. What is he doing in Detroit? Did Aaron Donald take a step back because he doesn't have this type of talent clogging things up and, and creating opportunities? I'm not saying that's what he does. But he that is what he does. You know yeah, what I mean? Every, everything I said about Amani Awarie could be said about Michael Brockers. The argument is you have to be solid across the board, and he is the rock-solid one that people won't talk about, but he's going to do his job super well. So don't don't forget it. I think it's a great choice. All right, so rebound player, anybody that you lean towards here? I'm thinking Trey Flowers. Like I really want to see what Trey Flowers is going to do in this defense with a new defensive scheme. Uh, yeah, we paid him a lot of money, so it's not like you can just get rid of a guy like that. So they yeah. kind of feel obligated to, to play him. But we've seen this coaching staff and the GM, they cut people even if they paid him. Yep. Like if you're not playing, if you're not doing the right things, if you're not doing the way they wanted you to do it, they're going to get rid of you. And, and so this is going to be a big year for Trey Flowers. And I think when healthy paired with Okwara, this is this is a pretty good pass rush. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not going to be the one that, that – leads the league in sacks pass rush but they're going to be two solid defensive ends that you might have to throw an extra body on to contain and that opens up the middle um i thought akuda is the easy one um i don't think you can say rebound just because he hasn't shown it yet you know what i mean kind of my uh, what, I, what i just said about um was it uh swift 
um, why he wasn't my rebound player. Uh, but I, I actually settled on Tracy Walker, and it was because of an article that uh, a friend of mine showed me. Um, basically, Tracy Walker, uh, his first two years combined in, in this pro football focus, uh, he had an 82.5, uh, which was 12th among safeties uh, with at least 1,000 snaps. Um, last year, Walker was playing. This is what they said, not me. This is just information that I thought was very very useful. Um, he was playing close to the line of scrimmage as opposed to free safety uh, where he is at his best friend. Ken already talked all about that. Um, he yeah. was kind of in that corner role, yeah. close to the line of scrimmage. Let this guy play on the play a true free safety, and they they called it a split safety. Um, I wasn't sure what that meant exactly. I, I would assume it's more of a free, but also can it's a free. He was covering ground. He was covering yeah. ground deep and and running all over the field. Um, but in Aaron Glenn's scheme, um, he will be back. You know what I mean? He'll be back to what he's comfortable doing, back farther away from line of scrimmage, just out there making plays. So I think he. Still has the talent to be a good safety in this league. You already said it, um, and I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I, I love it. I, I think love that's that a choice. good one. And then for my dark horse MVP, I went Frank Frank Ragnow, um, just because I think he is the leader of this offensive line. And if Penny Sewell and Vitae can be three quarters of what their ceiling is, I think this could be one of. A very elite offensive line. It could come together quicker than people realize. I think it's going to be a work in progress, but I think Frank Ragnow is a big key, and I think that might be why Pene Sewell did struggle because they were just throwing him to the wolves to let him feel it out. You know what I mean? He It was rare that Vitae was there. It was rare that Decker. It was rare that this offensive line played a game, a snap together in, in preseason. I don't even know if they did. And I think having the unit could... C- could it, it could happen quick, but I, I'm also cautious to say that because it is a tough thing for Penny Sewell to do. Vitae, I, I'm not sold on him yet, but they both have the ability to be yeah. good on the right side of the line. So I think Frank Ragnow kind of fits that, and it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to. It's just an opinion, I guess, at, at who your MVP is at that point. So I, I actually, that's a that's a really good choice. I th- I was thinking about Taylor Decker for all the same reasons. He's not going to get the praise from the media. We've never really seen the praise for him in the media, but he is a top 10 tackle, left tackle, which is saying a lot because everybody in that left tackle gets paid. So he's, he's a really good left tackle that could end up being a top five guy if he has a really good year, and that could be an MVP, dark horse MVP for this team moving forward. However... And that was a long way of saying it's not him, but Jeffrey Okuda is my dark horse MVP. I hope so, man. And and I'm just really saying do. I'm not I, not to say that I'm expecting him to be an elite cornerback, but if he somehow figures that out and he is the the physical cornerback that we know he is, the really good tackler, maybe gets beat here and there, but he's a playmaker like he was for Ohio State, and what this this defense hopefully can get out of him. That will make such a big difference to have Rock Solid Awarie on the outside, Jeffrey Okuda on the other side, and now now the linebackers and the safeties can do their thing. They mm-hmm. can run on the field and cause havoc. And now the defensive line has more time to get to the quarterback and cause havoc. This defense will look so much better if they cannot pick on one uh, cornerback in this group. Yep. You know, if they have a cornerback that they can pick on every single week, week in, week out, that that's bad stuff for the for the defense. So yeah. I think the defense overall at every single position would be so much better if Jeffrey Okuda can step up and be that number one. And let's not forget he's playing with his his coach is uh uh oh my Aaron gosh, Glenn. The, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Glenn. Glenn. Well, he's the defense coordinator. 
he's the defensive coordinator. There's also who, a, who is a who he's a DB. He he played defensive back in the NFL, and he was a DB's coach at uh, for okay. the New Orleans Saints. Right. So he he is the perfect guy to surround. Uh, or to be right in Jeffrey Okuda's ear to give him every single little tip here and there, build his confidence, and and really bring him to the next level. Yeah. So for overall, like for the ceiling and the floor, I'm gonna start with the floor. I think this team has enough questions, enough concerns that it's like the floor for me is 0 and 17. I think that it, they're currently they're an underdog in all of the games, and like I I haven't seen anything that's like they're gonna win. A game, no question in my mind. You know what I mean? Like usually you can find a game or two that's like they're gonna win that game. I can't promise that they're gonna win a game this year. They have a tough they, schedule. They do have a tough schedule, the but it, they're good also right now. not a good team. They're not. Yeah. At least from what we've seen right now. The NFL is good right now. There's there's a lot of young talent that's been stepping up, and the old talent stuck stuck around for a long time. Um, for for the ceiling, I went with six wins. And the way that I got with that was it was two division two w- wins in the division. In my opinion, if they can, could be Chicago could be Chicago Green, Green and, Bay sleeper pick. I went with Vikings one and Bears one at home later in the season. That's where my brain went. And then I put Bengals, Philly, Denver, and Atlanta are all possible. Um, at least on paper, heading into the season. I'm not saying it's going to happen, obviously. Um, but I I settled Raider in that four. Um, I put four and ten. That's not right. Four and thirteen. Four and thirteen, as as my my prediction. All right. And I think that might be a little. I don't know. Like you're compensating. You're on the low end. You are think you, so? Where, I, where would you kind of put there? Where Where do you kind of predict here? I mean, their floor. I don't think it's zero and seventeen. I don't think you're going to get a winless Lions team. I think I think at I least that, two wins is my yeah. is my lows. Two wins. What is their ceiling then? I think their ceiling is probably. Eight. I mean, we have seventeen games now, so eight and eleven, or sorry, eight and what nine, is not a good that great of a year. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect them to do that. Their their schedule is too hard. But I think that is their ceiling. If they get on a roll, and this coaching staff, we don't. This is an unknown coaching staff, which could mean that they come in guns a blazing and they know how to, how to win games in football. We don't, we don't know that yet. So I, I maybe that's a little too high. I was really gonna. I was planning on seven wins as my high, but I just kind of went. What's your eight. prediction? I'm thinking five. Five? Yeah, five and 12. That's fair. We didn't want to get to the schedule game now. So this is where everybody's going to kind of, if your mic has been off, so you can not snore on, on the air, I appreciate it. Um, But real quick, what we're going to do, obviously, if you guys, if this is your first time listening to us doing the schedule game, we're going to go through the, the schedule. We're going to say real quick if we think it's a win or a loss. If we're tied, uh, we're going to flip a coin. Heads, heads, are, heads is a win, tails is a loss. So, um. Just kind of go through it and, and give your hunch, and doesn't have to be good reasons or not. But um, starting week one uh, against the San Francisco 49ers, I have a loss. Micah, what about you? Loss. Ryan? Win. John? Loss. All right, so that's all Yeah, loss. Uh, at Green Bay week two, this is Monday Night Football. I have a loss. Micah? Loss. Ryan? <laughs> I was going to say win again. Uh, <laughs> loss. <laughs> John? <laughs> Starting the season 0-2. All right, moving down to Baltimore. CBS. I hate when the games are on CBS. What a hard schedule. Ugh. CBS sucks for Yeah, football. they're the worst. They I are the know. worst. ESPN's pretty um, bad. Baltimore, yeah, Ravens come into Ford Field. I, again, have a loss. My guy. Mm, loss. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, loss. This is going to be tough. Lamar Jackson, come on. John? 
if Baltimore has one more injury to the offensive scheme, it's a it's a win for Detroit. So I'm giving them a W, hoping that somebody has a cramp that day. <laughs> all right, still lost. Like Lamar and everybody else. Um, all right. Sorry, I got distracted there. Chicago. Um, at Chicago, uh, week four. This one's interesting. I I think it's gonna be a loss. I can't give them a win. I I don't know. That's where I'm. I just I don't know. I'm going lost. I'm going win. Ryan's going to win. John? I don't, I don't trust the Bears. I don't trust the Vikings right now. I have the Lions starting the season 2-2, two and two, so another win, back-to-back weeks. Oh, Micah. This is the Justin Fields uh, era loss. turning of the you page. We have a loss, Ooh. so we have a coin flip. Our first coin flip of the day. I'm looking for I should get the drum roll. It's heads. The Lions get their first win of the year. hey oh, Love it. At Chicago. At Chicago. All right, so now we go to at Minnesota, even though Jarrett's listening going like Skull and talking about all of his just Vikings Viking crap, things. Even though he's probably going to be a Buccaneers fan this year. Fantasy. He already, he already is. <laughs> he will be. <laughs> um, all right, at Minnesota, again, I'm going lost. I have him starting at 0-5. Micah. You are wrong. It's a win. Ryan. Win. John. Get that coin ready. It's a loss on the road. They can't win two in a row on the road. It's a win. It is a win. I guess they're going to win two in a row on the <laughs> road. Hurting All right. I really, don't, I really don't know if Minnesota's that good. I well, agree. Their defense is supposed to be shut down. I haven't seen what? it yet. How? That's they, what people are saying? They have like no. 17 rookies from last year that never performed very well. I, that that was heard, my biggest concern. No, I, I've heard that their defense is supposed to be legit. Well, Were you hearing this Jarrett, from? correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're hearing that from Jarrett. No, okay. I, I heard it, it on... <laughs> And something else. I don't so know. their defense is not that bad. They just actually just cut um, uh, the defensive end that they've always had for forever that the Lions had last year. Griffin? But yeah, Griffin. They actually just cut him. So they're they? deep, yeah, they're deep at defensive line. They just uh-huh. signed him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, no, but they just cut him too, I think. Um, anyways, I'm predicting because there's uh, unvaccinated players on that team, oh my quite word. a few of them, there's going to be an outbreak that week, and a whole bunch of them are going to have to sit. That would be wow. Hey, I mean, I'll I'll take it if that means getting in the playoffs. But, um, cousins, <laughs> sit. Anyway, all Cook, right. Cincinnati. This Justin is Jefferson. Uh, week six. <laughs> I, this uh, this is where I have the Lions getting their first win against Cincinnati. Micah, wh- what do you say about that one? Uh, I'll go with a win, I guess. Ryan lost. Joe Burrow's gonna throw all over him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> John. <laughs> I also had that as a loss, so okay, get that coin back coin. This is going to be the most coin. Another win for the coin. All three have been coin wins. So. Oh, we're going to have a combined like nine and eight record. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> thanks to the coin. Yeah, Biggest then, uh, homers. People like Derek be like, this is brutal. You guys suck. You guys, you suck. guys say they're going to win nine wins. This is embarrassing. All right, at the Rams in week seven. Oh, man. Um, I have a loss as much as I would kind of like to get the win, but. I'm going to say Stafford <laughs> just destroys this team. And I can be like, told you so. I'm not wearing my Stafford Lions jersey. Like, told you. I ain't buying a j- new jersey until, oh, until, I know, until I know who I'm getting. Huh? All right, I have Micah. a loss. Uh, loss. Win. <laughs> well, you are not serious. <laughs> how many How many wins has Ryan said so far? I feel like he's halfway <laughs> to his total. Or probably, he's four he's or probably five. past his total. John. <laughs> Uh, they're losing that game. <laughs> all right, there we go. Ryan, you're past it. <laughs> so real quick, I think all of our coin tosses for Michigan, Michigan State, and the line so far have been wins. Yeah. I think they've all been heads. You know what so. they say, heads never fails. 
<laughs> they all say that. <laughs> um, I have them beating the Eagles week eight. Micah, what do you feel about that one? Uh, loss. Ryan? Win. John? W. Hey, our first non-coin flip win. Got to love that. Um, at Pittsburgh week 10, I have a loss. 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 It's going to be ugly loss. <laughs> at Cleveland, loss. 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 Ugly loss. Uh, home against Chicago on Thanksgiving, I have a loss. Oh, my gosh. Really? Loss. Yeah, loss. Fields is oh going gosh, to. really? He's going to torch. <laughs> he is going can't to read torch <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> That's my thought, too, is Justin Fields yep. is going to be in. Same. It's going to be different. He won't Same. play week four, but he'll be there on Thanksgiving. He All right. will be there. So the week after Thanksgiving, December 5th, uh, week 13, Minnesota Vikings are coming to Ford Field. This is where I have the Lions winning a division game. Coming a little extra extra breather, a couple of extra days off. Yeah, I, 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 just, win. I just think uh, another outbreak probably, and <laughs> Lions are going to win. Minnesota sucks. I just want them <laughs> to lose – Every game, I would love for them to lose, and I think they're uh, going to be. I think the Lions are going to pick on them this year. I think the Lions yeah. win this game too. That'd I'm be gonna, nice. I'm going to go with win. Kirk Cousins overrated. Vikings not good. John, where'd you go with that one? You got the dust panned out for that Queens. Oh, sweep. we got a sweep. <laughs> we got a sweep, and then I got the all right at Broncos week 14. This is another one of those wins. So I was going 50-50 between Thanksgiving against Chicago and then at Denver. I went with a win against Denver. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater yet. I think things are going to be coming together on both sides of the ball for the Lions, and I think they could sneak out with a win. It's probably not going to happen, but that's where I gave one of the four wins that I had them giving. So, win. Man, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, who's who's the dude from uh, Penn State a couple years ago? But they don't have... They don't have a quarterback. And they don't have... Uh, you need a quarterback? Benson. They, they don't, have, don't have Trinity Benson. <laughs> it's Benson. I always want to call him Xavier Benson. This is called Benson's Revenge. His first name. Benson's Revenge. I'm Benson. going uh, loss. <laughs> Micah. Uh, loss. John. I'm trying to get tickets to this game. W for the Lions. Oh, we got Ooh, another coin flip. Here we go. It's a win. Look at that. Told you. He's so pumped over there. He's I love when getting, they win coin flips. He's getting just <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm just this this whole game alone is is making me actually. If there's a lion if there's believer. one thing that the Lions are really good at this year, it might just be coin flips. <laughs> That's a great point for the first time <laughs> ever. Carrie um, says the Lions are winning the battle of COVID this year, according to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, all right, Arizona week 15. I have a loss. As much as I'm not sold on Arizona, I'm gonna go with loss. Loss. I think Kyler Murray is just going to tear it up. I think Kyler I Murray sucks. I do too. I think Kyler Murray is really good. I, mean, I agree with you, you Sam. You, d- you don't like Loss. running quarterbacks. I don't like Kyler Murray. You don't like Lamar Jackson. I don't like Lamar Jackson either. You don't like running quarterbacks. I don't. So we're just going to put that to bed. I do, so go ahead. <laughs> John? It's a loss. It's a big game for Arizona. That probably gives them like a wild card like position. They're going to just destroy Detroit. They're going to be out of it. It's playing for a draft pick. All right, so post-Christmas Day. Week 16 at Atlanta. This was another one of those games that I could see them winning, but I think Atlanta is a little underrated. I think they could be in playoff contention at this point, and this game could mean a lot to them. I gave the Lions a loss. Another one of those for me. You think playoff contention for them? I I, I think they could be, honestly. I like Atlanta. I do. Not not me. I'm going to go win here. Is it because Matt Ryan is a pure pocket passer and not a running quarterback whatsoever? 
It's because his name is Matt, and I love <laughs> Matt. quarterbacks with the name of Matt. Matty Ice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ryan. That's <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. Nothing to do with I don't that. think you like Matt Flynn. All right, so I said loss. Or I said loss. Ryan said win. Yeah. Micah. Hmm. Win. John. Get that coin out because it's going to be a loss. Calvin Ridley for like 210 yards, three touchdowns. Is touch he on your fantasy team? Yes, sir. He's okay. on mine. And it's another win, coloring the coin. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys know Whoa. I had a two-headed coin <laughs> over here or no? I didn't know that. <laughs> I just wanted the lines it's, to win. All you have to do is just be it's, dishonest it's with It's clear us. now. <laughs> we can't see. Um, was the, the the Denver game was a coin toss too, right? Sorry. I'm Denver trying. lost. It was a coin toss. No, it was a win. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh. All right. Anyways, at Seattle, week 17. I mean, with all these wins that we're getting, I'm, they might. I might give this. No, I'm going to give them a loss. At Seattle, <laughs> easy loss. I think Seattle's. I don't think Seattle's that good. But I, I do. Anyways, they're going to be good. I don't think so. They're going to be better they're than not they were the, the last couple year. of years. I don't think Seattle makes the playoffs. Oh, they're Sweet. a tough division. So, loss for me though. Loss all around. Mm. Yeah. John. Sweep. 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 All right, and then the last game, Week 18, against Green Bay Packers, who will be trying to win. Just to make the playoffs, probably. Um, this means means a lot to them. That's um, what makes Sam feel better, usually. The Green Bay Packers are going to win that game against the Lions at Port Field. Week 18. The first week 18 of all time. I hate it. It sucks. All right. I have a loss. 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 John? It's the last time Aaron Rodgers is going to play against Detroit in a Green Bay Packers jersey, but it's going to be a loss. All right. So wow, so true. The calculation for the combined record is a seven and ten season. That's where I had him. With six five coin, six coin clips. I think it was it six? It oh, might have, I don't know. I wrote out down five, but I might have missed one or two here. So anyway, seven and ten will be the Lions record. You heard it here first. I think you're right though. Two consensus wins and then the rest of it was just coin flips. <laughs> That's pretty much where we're at, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, that that was that was good. That was good. Um, sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. That right was now. good. That was good. That was good. I already did that one. I already did that one. Sorry. <laughs> if it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. You know that sound? It's picks. And this is our Betting Hero picks. If you haven't done yet, done it yet, go to bettinghero.com, sign up, MIBets as a promo code. You'll get so many different promotions. They're all available for you. You can you can get them from what is it, Caesars, uh, Fox Bets, FanDuel, Bet King, whatever, Betting King or Betting King Hero or whatever it's called. What's the King one? What? DraftKings. DraftKings. You know how I get when I'm drinking beer. Oh, there you go. But there's so many, so many different places to place bets. If you go to uh, bettinghero.com, uh, promo code MIBets, sign up. They'll have all the best promotions available. Heading into week one for the NFL football. You got some big games coming up. Yeah, take advantage NFL, of it, guys. Free week money. One. You got some good college games as well, so bet on those. Um, they're going to have so many good good promos available, so check them out. Um, and use our promo code MIBets. And... That helps us out a little Go bit. Go win money. We got some picks to do um, Kyle, before, before Kyle we do it. Kyle went 5-0? This is bull. So Kyle went 5-0. Micah was in second, went 3-2. and two. Let's go. Ryan, 2-3. and three. Let's go. John, 1-4. and four. Wait, where's your name? I didn't even make picks last week. Um, <laughs> so that moves. No, I was 0-5. It was very, very ugly. 
Um, so Kyle's going to lead the way. I have his picks, even though he's not here today. Um, we're going to start with the NFL, as you can tell by the music. The Cowboys are at the Bucks on Thursday night. Bucks are minus eight. That's a whole lot of points for an NFL game. Kyle took the Bucks. Michael, really? what are you doing? Ooh, Dak is going to be back. He's going to be fire. Give me the Cowboys. Oh, wow. Ryan? But what a game, man. This is going to be really hard to pick. Minus eight? Minus eight, yeah. Give me the, give me the Cowboys. Wow. John? I'll take the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks as well. I don't think Dak is healthy enough yet, and I think they're just stupid to play on week one. Um, Sunday night football, you got the Bears at the Rams. Rams are minus seven and a half, and I promise we will not be picking the Rams every single week just because of Stafford and my love for him. So well, just wanted to let you guys you know that. Um, no, I just mean like we're not going to be yeah. throwing them into the loop just because. Um, <laughs> Rams minus seven and a half. Kyle's taking the Rams. Michael, what about you? Yeah, give me the Rams. Same. Ryan. Rams. John. Ooh, he's picking the Bears. Man, oh. Matt Stafford's debut at home, though. Yeah, give me the Rams. Yeah, I think we're uh, all... Justin we're Fields all... isn't in yet. I'm not picking them Bears <laughs> yet. <laughs> we are all taking the Rams. All right, 49ers at the Lions. The Lions are plus 7.5. Kyle's taking the 49ers. Michael, what about you? Niners by a mile. Ryan. Give me the Lions. I picked them to win. <laughs> John. <laughs> Was that convincing or no? Nope. <laughs> no. Man, if eight points is big in an NFL game, then 7.5 is pretty close. But I'll still take the 49ers. I'm taking the Lions. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to deserve to win to cover this. I think it's going to be kind of a late touchdown type thing that gives them to to cover the spread. So I, I kind of think the Lions might lose by 54. 15 <laughs> or so, but I'm picking Lions to win. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. Switch music. That means we got some college games to to pick today. We got some good matchups. You got Oregon. Oregon. At, you say Oregon? Yeah. You say Oregon. I think I say Oregon too. Yeah, I know you guys do. What? Why does it matter? I don't know. Tomato, potato. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, simpadway. Let's fries. do it. Podway? All right. Kyle is taking OSU. Micah, you're next. OSU. Ryan. It's kind of the kind of the easy pick right now. I'm, I'm going OSU. John. I don't want to agree with Kyle on every pick because then it makes it look like I'm just trying to chase after his record. Which you could. But, man, Ohio State's going to be tough to beat. I agree. I think Ohio State, I think the spread should be more. And I think by the time this game closes, it probably will be. They're going to come up a little more. Can They're I change my pick? No. Set. Yeah. I want Oregon. Oregon? What? Oregon it is. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Why, why all of a sudden change? Quarterback. Quarterback issues last year for Ohio State. They did not play very last well. Week. Last week? What did I say? Last, last year? year? Also, Justin Fields? not that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, all right. We got Iowa at Iowa State. That's a big matchup. What is that, 9-10 now, I think, with a new AP poll? Um, Kyle's taking Iowa. Micah, what give, about you? Give me Iowa. They look good. Man, this is like the easiest game to pick. Iowa. Yeah. John? Yeah, I mean, I had Iowa potentially falling out of the top 25 by the end of the year, but they do look pretty good. I'll take the Hawkeyes. 
Iowa looked really good. Iowa State, they were in kind of a, a battle, right? It was a pretty close game. I can't remember who they played week one. Iowa State? Yeah, it was It was a what? battle. Who did they play? They played Indiana. Iowa no, State. No, no. Oh, Iowa State. I'm sorry. No, yeah, Iowa State was in like a, yeah, it was a tough game. I think they actually dropped. Oh. I think they were seven and dropped to eight or nine, actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking Iowa. I think they're the better team, and you got to go with the um, Can I change my big, pick? big ten. No, you can't do that twice in a row. <laughs> What's the rule on that? So we are at our no Michigan State game. Before we do that, a cool, exciting uh, announcement here for the show is the new sponsor for the Michigan State and Michigan Picks is Big Lake Brewing. We were no there last way. week. We had a blast. No. Sparty Party will be the sponsor yeah. of all the Sparty Picks. Hazen Blue will be the sponsor. Well, it's all a big lake, but they'll be the guys for uh, the Michigan picks. That'll happen all college football season. They are the official brewery of college football oh, that's awesome. for State of My Sports. Let's go, so, big lake guys. Uh, thank you guys for jumping on. Very excited about that. Um, we got a little announcement to them after we make our picks here. We'll do the read, but um, we got Sparty against Young Youngstown State is going in at MSU. They are minus 20 and a half points. Kyle took MSU. Oh, my goodness. 20 and That's a lot half. of points. Holy a lot God. of points. Where are you feeling oh. on that one, Micah? That's too many Boy, points. Boy, that's rough. But they look good. Uh, you know what? Dang, I, w- I went against Sparty last week. Give me Sparty. Ryan? Sparty party, baby. Taking Sparty. John? Here's where I gain ground. Youngstown State will cover that that's 21 and points. And win. He no, just no said party. and win quietly. Did you just really say that? <laughs> no. No. That was <laughs> Cotton Candy Haze, I think. <laughs> no, I got the Sparty Party this week as well. I really like what I saw from them. I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to run the ball all over this team and put a lot of points on the board. I think they could they could hit the 40s, and 21 is, is seems like a feasible feasible thing. Now we're going to move to the Haze and Blue Crushable New England IPA. Oh, shoot. I didn't even. T- so, Sparty Party is a New England IPA with man- Mandarina, Bavarian, and Amarillo hops. 7% alcohol by volume and 53 IBUs. Uh, Haze and Blue is a crushable New England IPA featuring Citra and Mosaic hops um, and brewed with real blueberries. 5.5%. By alcohol, alcohol by volume and 20 IBUs. We got Washington at Michigan as, as a six-point favorite. <laughs> Michigan minus six. Kyle's taking Michigan. Micah, where are you feeling about this one? Wow. Like, like, like I said last game, I, I, I went against both of these teams. I, give me Michigan. I, I, I think they're going to come out with grit. They're going to be composed, and they're going to slam the ball downfield. Give me Michigan. Hope so. Same, same here. Give me Michigan. Six points really isn't that much. Like that, That's just a touchdown. So I think they're going to win the game, so i got to pick them to cover that spread too. John? I mean, extra points are also critical when scoring said touchdowns, but I'll take Michigan as well. I Good point. think Michigan's going to win. <laughs> I took Washington just because this spread moved from minus four to minus six pretty much overnight, which is very intriguing, and I don't know. It seems like minus four seems a little more reasonable. Vegas is usually pretty accurate, so I'm going to go with Vegas on that one and go with the 
Washington plus six. They also were missing like three of their top wide receivers, I think, last week against Montana. Nobody knows why. Is, so Someone else is going to get smoked on the team. I hope so, man. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Michigan absolutely destroys them. Um, but that was our uh, Michigan and Michigan Sparty Party pick and Hayes and Blue pick. Um, Big Lake is looking to get some of the biggest Michigan and Michigan State fans on the cans of the official beers of college sport football season. Sparty Party and Hayes and Blue. All you need to do is get decked out in maize and blue or green and white, snap a pic, and submit your wildest fan photo through their contest platform. Um, one winner for Sparty Party and one winner for Haze and Blue will be selected by popular vote. So share your submission with everyone and you will so you can increase your possibility of winning. And uh, they have their link on their Instagram bio and also on their Facebook page. Also, it's also on our Facebook page as well. We shared it on there, so keep an so, eye out so for that. Po- post on their page with a little uh, yeah, hashtag State of My Sports. It'll have a, no, it'll have – yeah, do that too. But it'll have a link to submit your Say page. No. So it's not actually on Facebook or Instagram that you submit it. It's all through the, the link that they have. So please check that out. Um, and, yeah, just uh, let them know. If you, if you talk to them, let them know that you heard about them on the State of My Sports podcast. It's time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer they have specialty wines spirits ciders coffee tea tobacco and cigars they also have the largest selection of homebrew and wine making supplies in west michigan we love that siciliano's market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our michigan beers for each and every episode so please check them out and let them know that we sent you all right john i know we were when we introduced beers we weren't going to have you grade but i'm actually very curious what you think about that cotton candy haze so Remind everybody what you're drinking, even though I just told everybody the cotton candy haze from Big Lake. But can you give it a grade for us? It's, it doesn't have to be official. <laughs> but, but can just, you introduce I, it a second yeah, time? Yeah, just do it again and do, <laughs> do whatever you want to do. It's great. Yeah? Did it live up to it? I was worried, not going to lie at first. Like, mixing in a cotton candy flavor into a beer is is kind of outstepping, like, the fruity, <laughs> seltzery guidelines that I usually don't, like, step across. Um, can design is great. I was really pumped. I wanted to have one this weekend. Didn't work out. Had too much jungle juice instead. <laughs> I'm glad I saved it for Tuesday night. <laughs> I'll give I'll give it an eight point four. Ooh, yeah. I don't remember what Ryan's score was, but th- that's up there. It, it's up that's there. Up yeah. There. No, I, that's an appropriate score. Good job. Well uh, I was drinking, uh, or am drinking, from New Holland, uh, Coastal Dreams 2021. It's their milkshake IPA with pineapple. And marshmallow fluff, a lot of flavor in this. Um, pretty, pretty good. Honestly, it's good. Um, I don't have the percentage here in front of me, but I, I really like it. I do. It doesn't. I don't know. I'm gonna go with a seven point nine. I'm gonna go next. So, Sagatuck Brewing Company. I am drinking their blueberry maple stout, six percent. Um, I talked about it early on. You know, with the the sweetness of the maple and the blueberry. I, 
out of stouts, I think if this was stacked up against all kinds of different stouts, this would be this would be tough to beat. This is really good. I enjoyed it. It was easy to drink all night. Um, crushed two of them. Could have done even more. It's only a six percenter, so it, it's easy to drink. Again, stouts are not my favorite, so I'm going to give it a seven seven, which among stouts I think would be um, an extremely good yeah, grade for sure. Well done, birthday boy. So. I'm drinking from Eastern Market Brewing Company. 42 years old? (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Uh, 38. After this podcast, he's a little older. (laughs) Market Day IPA. They're 4.9 percenter with the Citra, Simcoe, and Eldorado hops and pineapple. It's actually a really well-balanced IPA. Easy to drink. Uh, I'm going to go with a 7.9. Very good scores across the board, I would say, today. So that, that was fun, though. I mean, yeah. this has been. <clears throat> that was a long one. It was. I don't Another, even know if it was. I think it, was, it did a good it was job. Over for two hours. How much was it? Over two hours. John, give us the give us the running number here. Just over like two Dang hours. It. Two hours and we're coming up on about two hours and seven. We were at about fifty-five minutes going into Lions. Pretty Lions impressive, went though. Long. Like I thought, I thought we moved through quick. Honestly, well, it could have been a lot longer. <laughs> the evidence is there. Every time, every no, time we're around two hours, I'm like. But again, this is shorter. this is the time of year we have plenty to talk about, so we're in it now, right? Yeah, I mean, we're it, in it. It's gets simple here on out. We're, we have to find time um, for everything else at this point. But uh, we did have a quick grade. Roke Brewing Company uh, Rose Kettle Kettle Sour, uh, really smooth, eight point one for nice. listener carry. So that that's a really good score. Um, but once again, it was fun, fun, fun episode. We got some good stuff coming up. I mean, I'm just really excited. Uh, so thank you guys for recording thank you all for listening watching live again happy birthday to Micah we'll talk to you next week if not sooner peace you've been listening to State of My Sports from the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between we're talking about it and don't forget the beer We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.